Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, welcome Open Goal. What a guest we've got this week. We've got the best pundit in Britain, and we've also got Jamie Carragher. How are you doing, now? <laughs> <laughs> what a gaff, mate. That's amazing. All right, isn't it? Tell him now, no farting in this house. Oh, mate, oh, seriously. No. I, it's back, obviously, in Scotland. I'm so confident, mate, but I'm fucking shaking here like a leaf. I feel I'll so nervous. I'll be yourself. I'm just one of the lads. <laughs> mate, we, pa- we passed through where you came, came for the boot, or wasn't it? Yeah, I was that. Was rough as fuck, man. <laughs> How did you get here? Well, it must be rough at used to from fucking Glasgow. <laughs> I, wish we get, I wish we'd get done up a bit. I know, he's looking really brilliant. He's, well, he's from Glasgow, aren't you? <laughs> Pale as fuck and scruffy as fuck. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of upbringing was Bootle? I mean, to be honest, whenever anyone asks me that, and people sometimes people say, oh, I had a tough one, I had this one, I think, I don't know how you judge you, because that's you only have one. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was brilliant. I mean, it was, everyone's mad for football. Everton, Liverpool split down the middle. Uh, going the game then in the mid-80s, uh, uh, watching Everton, but, you know, the, Everton, Liverpool both going for the title. And as kids, it just felt like that all the time. It was like Everton, Liverpool playing each other in cup finals and, you know, big league games. And it just, just everything rolled around uh, football. But as I said, I, I, I don't think it was tough. People tell me it was tough, but... It was just normal because that's the way you. It's been the same at you in Glasgow. Yeah, I hate when people say it though, as if like for the slums and it's uh-huh. like I've made it, I've made it my family. When you're growing up, that's Everybody just like that. that's just what you know, isn't it? It's... Well, that it's funny you say that because when I made it, if you like, and it was about twenty-one, I bought something up here in Crosby. They took a picture of my mum's house, and we've got quite a nice house to be fair. My uh, brutal standards, yeah. it's a nice house, and it was like from this to this. My mum my ma was heartbroken. <laughs> she was devastated. <laughs> this was like a pride and joy all her life. But that's what you say. It's a bit like you get that. I hate people say that. But like I do need to say, it's like a fake set, like an end, doesn't it? Ah, it's not a good rivalry, that. Everton no. Liverpool. It's no. I, I thought this might be wrong, but sometimes I see the Everton fans are like, sitting in with each other during the games. That does not happen anymore. Does that not no, happen at all? Yeah. No, I didn't no. like that, mate. But I mean, that's the way it was. I think I think the, the impression of that was that this friendly derby, it was never that. But don't get me wrong, it wasn't like it is now. When I was a kid growing up, it was a, the animosity now is is through the roof. And I don't know if that's to do with social media, football being in your face all the time. And to be honest, it's, I don't like it. I, I love the banter and, you know, winding each other up and, and taking the piss on results and that. But uh, it was never the way it was made out to be because when what everyone remembers is the cup finals in the 80s and, and Liverpool and Everton fans going together, a lot of that was... Uh, because the, the city was sort of just sort of abandoned by the government in the early 80s and Liverpool was left to rot, you know, like shit really, basically. So it was almost a, an us against the world type of thing, yeah. really. So there's always been a, a huge rivalry and it, it, it's huge. Uh, but it's not it's not obviously not on your level the way it gets. As Liverpool and Man United, would you say that's more sort of hatred towards it? it for me, no. For me, I if you say to me what's always the biggest game, I'd say the derby. 
for me. Uh, the Man United one is interesting because I think from Man United's point of view, it's always Liverpool. They're not into you know Man City and Liverpool going for the league. They want uh, win, they want City yeah. to win. It's not even a debate. It's not even close. It's like you know who wants City to win. Whereas if that was me and it was the other way round and it was Everton and Man United going for something or fighting for things, I probably want Man United to win. If I'm being totally honest, yeah. Uh, but that's, I don't know if it's because I was an Everton fan as a kid I'm a, or I'm a local lad and, yeah. you know, whatever. But the derby for me is always the biggest games ever. So you're not going to pull Man United thing has never been up here? Has he been up here? Has he been in your house? No, 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 no. Do you know what in your no, house? No, 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 no. He wouldn't last two minutes in Liverpool. <laughs> He's not actually from uh, Manchester. Uh, it's Bury, isn't it? I've been to Bury, mate. Town. Shit hole. Uh, uh, just so you know, we're like the... Hornier version of Neville and Carragher. Oh, the hornier version. <laughs> oh, I thought you said the good-looking version because he, isn't he Luke Chadwick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Isn't we no. should never say that. Now yeah, Robinson texts me about that. Be... Oh, I've just been already done on it. Right, the book, mate. Oh, he read it on mate. the book. If he could read it, that tells you it's mate. a good read. Unbelievable. Some of the games you picked were absolutely amazing. What was thinking behind it, the book? To be honest, I, I did an autobiography and that was about ten years ago and I'm not a I'm not I wish I'd I wish I hadn't have done it and I wish I'd have waited till my career was finished because I still had like five or six years to do. So I'm not big on doing, you know, you see people do two or three autobiographies. I I, I don't like that. But I always wanted to do a football book because not many footballers do. You know, they just do it on it as well. They teeth look at the teeth. Yeah, they've had a little uh, coat on there, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, turkey teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the idea was basically we've done a podcast on the greatest games and with me doing Monday Night Football it was a case of almost merging them together really and uh, you know an idea for a book I always wanted to do one it was one of the one positives out of uh, lockdown and, and COVID if you like and that it gave me a chance to really get to work on it and, and get all the people who uh, I interviewed for the book Amazing and you're doing the podcast you enjoying that? Yeah I love it It's good isn't it? I mean I, I like it because I am always given my opinion, you know, on TV, uh, in a newspaper column. And the podcast nice for me to sort of interview people and, and get their opinion, learn things off them, different sportsmen, and also just do something different. I, I wasn't massive into podcasts, so I really understood what they were about. So once I, I started my own, that's all I listen to now. I don't listen to the radio, certainly nowhere near as much now. So I'm right into the podcast. So I'm start going. listening, hadn't I? Uh-huh. He gets quite you, a lot you, of stick for your, his opinions, don't you? <sighs> Do you get that as well? That's what I was going to, we were going to say. See, when you played, do you feel even now, as maybe more so you get criticised for your opinion on the game? I mean, to be honest, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Is if I if that's my opinion, you know, that's 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 my job. I'm giving my opinion. And I've got no problem with someone else having a different opinion. I'm I'm just not a big believer in someone who just says stupid things but not to back up. So I'd always say, Well, my opinion, I believe that because of X, Y, and Z, not just I he should be sacked or he's got to go that. And if someone wants to challenge my opinion, we'll back it up. Yeah. And if they can't back it up, I'll go, well, I'm not interested, you know, really. Do you see just you on uh, your, what's the best game you've commentated on? In terms of, obviously, it's, in terms of commentating in the game, I love it. And I'd probably say the Merseyside Dan Abbey when Liverpool scored in the last minute against right. Everton. Just because when you're commentating, so there's a difference between being in a studio and commentating. And commentators, you're somehow getting stick if you're on commentary. 
It's like you're always trending on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're I... just like, go on Twitter, lad. I mean, Why is that? Because you're flirting with Martin Tyler. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> but what it's normally is, is that most people watch the game. Well, not most, but everyone watches the game. Not everyone stays for what people say at the end of the game. So more people always watch the game. Yeah. And a lot of people are watching it because their team's playing. You say anything negative about their team, everyone's just like a lunatic, you know, mm. and... So you always get that reason. Was there an, an internet in particular that happened? Oh no, not not in particular. It's just right. you, if I if I commentated on a game with two clubs, I, I could show you a perfect example is Liverpool. Because I always get it because Liverpool history or connection, oh you're biased to Liverpool. So even if you say something positive about Liverpool, you're biased. If you say something against Liverpool, Liverpool fans then say, You're trying to show you're not biased. Yes, and yeah. you're just like So to be honest. When I first did commentary, I didn't want to do it after because of the reaction. I was a bit like, not because I'm sensitive, but more like, what the hell? I'm just saying what I think type of thing. And in the end, I because yeah, the problem was when I first did commentary, I was on Liverpool games and Liverpool winning them three or four nil, and it was like, I can't even speak about the other team. All I can speak about is Liverpool <laughs> positively. It's a bit like, what can I say? Yeah. Uh, so no, I'm not bothered. But the reason that I mentioned the the Liverpool Everton one was because when you're commentating, the big moment's a last minute goal. It's that's like the moment of commentary where you go mad basically. And it's when Jurgen Klopp ran on the pitch. I was running there. Mm. So I shout just look at Jurgen Klopp. You know, this place has gone visit and, and it's not the same now because there's no crowd, but when the crowd's there, you feel like you're actually you're in the game. You know, when you're commentating, there's people singing you. Mm. So I just can't wait to get the crowds back for that reason, oh, mainly. Is it true man. that Sky wanted Phil Neville before Gary, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Alex Ferguson did. I know that's a fact. <laughs> uh, right, mate, talking about greatest games, your debut. I always ask people to come on here, what was the debut like? Did you know you were going to be playing a part? Did you get the shout down for warming up on the side of the pitch? Well, I mean, me, me debut was uh, was Middlesbrough away in the League Cup my full debut where I start was Villa so when, when people ask me what my debut I always think of it as being Aston Villa but the first time I played with Liverpool was was Middlesbrough I was actually disappointed I wasn't starting because uh, they started the like well, started the like Rob Jones Hopeless. played awful uh, <laughs> but he'd been out for about six months and this was his first game back and Jason McAteer was playing wing back at the time and he was out suspended so I thought well I'll, I'll play and uh, he put Rob Jones in. So I knew I was I was always going to come on in the game because he wouldn't have lasted 90 minutes with uh, obviously being out so long. So I knew I was going to come on, really. But I was I wasn't a case of like, wow, I've been picked. I was more like, fucking hell, it should have been earlier. You know, I was, I was yeah, one of them type of people. That's a great mentality. That's a great mentality, though. Because yeah. a lot of people, I said this with the Tierney one, that sometimes with, well, with me, when I was in with the Celtic first time, it was like, just make the numbers up and just... I don't want to come on. Don't make a mistake. Mm. And almost like, please put the third sub on. Because I don't yeah. want to, but it was almost like you were, but were you saying that you actually wanted to make the difference? Oh yeah, I, I was not going even in training as well. Would you be like that? Yeah. Would and you? why was that? Is that because you were doing well in training? I just I thought it was as good as the other players, and just I just think it's a. I mean, I'd imagine normally that would be a Glasgow Scottish mentality. What I've got, I'm surprised you've said that to be honest. But I think people in Liverpool are very probably similar to you on the front foot. Fancy the chances. I mean, you're not shy, are you? No, no. I seen that as soon as he comes, looking in the fucking mirror, doing himself <laughs> up. And you know what I mean. So, do you remember getting the shout out? What was it? A whistle? Come, you're you're on. No, I honestly I don't remember it. I remember coming on and just basically running around, put myself about, and I hit a left foot volley. I think it was actually going in it, Robbie Fowler. Uh, but to be honest, on the coach on the way home, uh, 
It was just like you played for Liverpool. You know, no one could take that away from me, but it was never going to be enough. And then 10 days later, I played, uh, I started against Aston Villa in, in midfield and uh, got a goal at the cop end. Midfield? Could you, could you zing the ball? Oh, I could ping. Could you? Huh? Yeah. I just wasn't you play? quick enough. Yeah, I played, uh, well, I played mid, centre midfield for England under 21s. That was my, the centre-back stuff came. I didn't play centre-back until I was 18. That was in the Youth Cup final for Liverpool because the normal centre-back was suspended and you didn't have big squads then, 20 years old for the youth team. It was just about 13 years. So I went centre-back for the final against Rio Ferdinand and, and Lampard. We beat West Ham in the final. And then it was almost, oh, this, oh we can play centre-back as well. So I made my debut in midfield. I played midfield then for the next couple of years for Liverpool. Uh, and then eventually, I think it was I was always going to end up at centre-back, but I certainly started midfield. Imagine that midfield, Carrick and Gerrard. Wow, wow. it would have been brilliant. Well, the fans thought they had Gerrard when I scored in that fucking debut. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get a stick for Liverpool fans? Because I knew you were an Everton fan when you first broke into the team. No, because I mean, it happened before. You had uh, Robbie Fowler was Everton, Matt Manaman. So it was almost like a bit of a, like, a, a thing. I think it was almost the case that the Liverpool fans used to laugh at Everton and say, well, we took another one of your, your guys type yeah. of thing in, in our team. Uh, really, but no, not a problem. It probably helps me with the Everton fans. I don't think I get as much stick as maybe Stevie got over the years, or I say Robbie was an Everton fan, but I think, you know, I, I used to go home and away watching Everton, so maybe that fact is maybe, uh, or the fact that I'm not as good as them. Did your mate, did, <laughs> see, like your mate snap, would they have, like, slaughtered you for that, going to Liverpool? No, no, no. I mean, I was there since I was nine. Right. And when I went there, Liverpool were top dogs. They, that was like, Kenny was the manager, this is late 80s. I actually went to Everton for a year, you know, because I supported them. Obviously, the both clubs in the city wanted me. But, you know, you know, as soon as you get to me, you think I made a mistake here. I was there about six weeks. I was like, I need to go back. But you had to do the year. As soon as the year was done, I went back to Liverpool. How come? Because the coaching was better? Yeah, it was just, it just, it wasn't as good, basically. And I don't think I was developing. I was only about 12 or something, but they just played on the fact that I was a fan, got me a... Uh, Tony Cotty signed shorts, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going the game as well. So I'm like, oh, yeah, amazing. But you know what I went there? And my dad, even though he was an Evertonian then, I always remember my dad. We were in the gym at Belfield and they would, you know, they took me and met a few of the players and that. And uh, I'm just kicking the ball in the gym. And my dad went, you're definitely cool. You're definitely going. I was like, yeah. So even my dad was a bit like, yeah, you know, but I was just that adamant. And I think we knew straight away that we'd made a mistake. And we asked uh, Steve Ivan Liverpool, could we come back? Do you know you said no one grows up wanting to be Gary Neville? Did you want to be Phil Babb? <laughs> hey, me and him played a season together, I think, at centre-back early on. Who was the one you did look up to in the first team? Do you remember? John Barnes was the one everyone looked up to at the club. He Why? Was, like, was he a top, top player? Huh? I mean, like, you have great players and there's people who are just, like, on another level, you know, just like, where you, you'd play a training session without giving the ball away. I mean, I'm deadly serious without giving the ball away. You couldn't get the ball off him. It was just like, it was an, Jan Moby was one like that. Where it was like you have great players, but then there's, there's levels and there's just like, and they, they were they were certainly yeah. And Melby was like a poor man's Charlie Adam, wasn't he? Big <laughs> <laughs> Charles, a slim man's Charlie Adam. <laughs> you came through with Gerard, obviously Owen, Danny Murphy, Fowler. Is it true that Danny Murphy also played Jimmy Corkill in Brookside? <laughs> <laughs> Who was the best uh, out of that bunch? Uh, out of that, well, we didn't all come through together. There, we were all. I mean. What I should add here is that people talk about the class of 92. It's, a, it's amazing. It'll never be done again. But in terms of what's special about that group is that they were all in the same group. That's what makes it unique. But in terms of bringing players through in a short space of time, you had Stevie, Michael, 
Robbie Fowler, Steve McManaman, obviously myself there. You had other players like Dominic Matteo, who were, obviously didn't go on to have like, who weren't seen as like greats for Liverpool, but had great Liverpool, you know, good Liverpool careers. So in terms of those players who came through in the class of 92, I'd always put the Liverpool ones who came through up against them. It's just that they were all in the same mm. age group. Uh, but obviously the great players in that, but that time as well, we had the, uh, you know, the job Steve Highway did at Liverpool in terms of bringing people through. And, you think of, of Mac Manaman and the Farrell, they were Roy Evans' best two players. Yeah. Gerard and Owen were Liverpool's two best players under under Julia as well. So But how does how does that happen then? And that doesn't happen there, like these groups of young players are coming through. Yeah, yeah. I mean What was it you were taught just the basic to do the basics? Yeah, well? listen, I don't think we were taught anything sort of completely different or whatever it may be, but I don't know. I don't know, you know. I mean I think it's easier to come well, it was easier. I don't think the foreign influx was as big as it is now, really. I think that being together helps. When I'm saying we were all at Melwood, so Liverpool are now have just moved into a new training ground where they're with the academy. I also felt that was a big problem. So going from the academy to the first team, it was like yeah. going to a new school, even though it was the new club, the same club. It didn't feel so. I think people were inhibited a little bit when they used to come down to Melwood, uh, really. So I don't think that helped. But it just, I just, I just think now the standards. Certainly at the top clubs, you've got to almost be a Champions League player, haven't you? Mm. Really to come through at the top clubs mm. now. And I just don't think it's as, as easy as maybe it was when we were there. Ask me about you. Who you think the best manager of all time is? Roy Evans. What a manager. Roy, he's brilliant. Great fella, isn't he? Oh, amazing, mate. That, is that the manager that brought you through? Yeah. What yeah, he gave me my debut, yeah. Amazing. What yeah, so where uh, did you have him then? Was that... Where was you with him? No, no, I wasn't. He, he just, just had to wind up. <laughs> no, but you oh, were fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you'd played with him then. Oh, fuck's sake. How have I done by these two clowns? <laughs> what was Roy Evans good at? Uh, he was a great man manager. He'd come through the uh, the boot room way of doing things. And he'd come in after Graham Souness, who was on the front foot, very aggressive, telling players whether they were going right or wrong. And Liverpool felt they needed to do something different, basically, come away from that. And Liverpool has always, before Soon- uh, Graeme Souness, uh, promoted from within. So Souness was the first manager probably probably 30 years or something who would come from outside. Even though he's Liverpool, he'd come from yeah. Rangers. And it was a bit, no, we need to go back to what we've done before, basically. So Roy Evans came in and there was no Champions League then. So every year he was a qualified for the Champions League. Of course, he didn't win enough, didn't get to the title. But before, before Rodgers and before... Obviously, Klopp won it. He was still the closest manager to win the league. Mm. He, he was part of a, a, a team in that year I, I made my debut where they should have won the league. I don't think I ever played in a team that should have won the league. We, we went close. Whereas they were in, a, they were in a, a season. When I say they should have won the league, I don't actually think they were the best team because they never won the league. But they were in a position where about five or six games ago you think, you should have won the league from there. Yeah. And they didn't, and they fell down. That was the, the the fallout of that team always, was whenever there was a big game, they lost. Was he a bit too nice, Roy Evans? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe more of a number two than a manager, mm. uh, I'd say that. But you can't change who you are. He was given that job. He'd been through with every successful manager since sort of uh, Bob Paisley. Uh, and he needed a change from Sooner, so he was the man at that time. But as I said, done four or five years, and you had to move on if he didn't win the league. Did you ever hear any dealings with Sooner? No, uh, thankfully. Uh, Scary, isn't probably it? terrify me. I always remember uh, when I, because I was at Lillyshaw uh, from 14 to 16, 
whenever I was I was off or we come back to school holidays, we'd go I'd go into Melbourne and train with the YTSs a couple of years above me. <coughs> and I always remember Suey just running around, he was the manager. And Steve I had stopped this session, he just come over and just like took over for five minutes about how important your first touch was and stuff like that. And just like everyone was just a bit like that, and then he just went carried home with his run. That's the only thing I can yeah. remember him really. So he came over at the fourteen year olds to tell him that he was No, like, no, what I mean is I was only fourteen, but I would come in and train with the YTS. Right. So the lads were sixteen or seventeen because I was home from, you know, being away. Yeah. The football school. And I just remember him doing that as the manager. That was the only real deal. And so when he was manager, I was basically away. I was I went to the national school. Is it quite intimidating on Sky now, Sinus? I like him. I mean, I, I'm not intimidated by him. But I think someone maybe new would be. But and I mean that because he's he's got a presence that I don't think any anyone else. I think Roy's got it. Roy Keane's got it. I think uh, Graham's got it. Where I don't think me and Gary have got it. Where you walk into and you've got that sort of presence where people are like, oh, you know, they just you know maybe the type of players they were. They were like great. The way they carry themselves, the way they speak. I think the Scottish voice is fantastic on on TV. You know, it's very uh, authoritative. It comes across really like, ooh, you know, when when he speaks, people listen, don't he? Basically, uh, and I think he's a brilliant. No, I've not got that accent. <laughs> no, you not got that one. Oh, see, when you were arguing with Oikin, remember that you were kind of having. A, see, do you get butterflies on air when you're doing that? No, I'll tell you why. Because uh, Roy uh, cut me up about two months before with something about not winning the league, uh, and I wasn't ready for it. Because we weren't having an argument. It was like I was actually praising Man United, saying it, it's never... I've been at Liverpool and said, it's never as bad as you think. I think Man you had just lost, and they were all stored. I'm saying, you're never as good as you think, you're never as bad as you think. Sometimes you can just take one or two signings. And he actually looked at it that season. I was proven right in some ways. And I, when Fernandez came, it was like, they didn't win the league, Man you, but they went massively yeah. better. And that's what my point was. We had sort of... We were going nowhere. Signed Luis Suarez, he nearly win the league. And that's what I said. I mean, and Liverpool nearly win the league. I said, I want, he went, but you never won the league. And I went, yeah. And then, that's horrible. So I went, so I was waiting for it, to be honest. <laughs> I was actually like calling it on. So I was, uh, that wasn't butterflies. That was excitement. Yeah. Uh, that one. Uh, I think, was that after Liverpool Man U? Was it, yeah, Liverpool Man U was a hair. I'm I think, yeah. Remember the one you've done, I think it was the combined teams? I thought you got the better there as well. With gigs. Gigs. The you, stats you had, didn't you? Because well, you were the stats relax. People saying to me about being biased for Liverpool, he wanted to pick all his mates, didn't he? <laughs> all of my new team. But uh, yeah, I had the stats up my sleeve, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. was like two one. goals or something. I think it was like two, <laughs> two goals that goals season. season. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't uh, have it though, would he? See, when going at the first team, you struggled going with the older lads. What about some of the ones? Oh, mate, seriously, like, just quickly, like as I said, like when I was with the first team, just kind of deal with me. So say, obviously guys here like Colin Morins, David James, were you, did you feel right away you're all right with that? With they guys? Yeah, to be honest, I'm not someone who gets in, intimidated by people, or I'm not. I'm not, the, I'm not completely the other way, but I'm you know cocksure of myself, and I think I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware. Would you of moan the, at them? Yeah. Would you? I wouldn't moan at the. I mean, I wouldn't speak to them the way I spoke to players when I was in my twenties. But certainly when I was playing in pre-season, when I was eighteen and nineteen, I had to organise people. I wouldn't moan, but I wouldn't be shy and saying, "Get back in here," you know, or just drop in there, or whatever, you know, that type of thing. I wouldn't. I, I could not play without talking. It'd just be impossible for me to do. Was that. there any of them that took a liking to you straight away? Uh, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sure really. I mean, some of them. I don't know. It's a good question. That actually, like asking about taking you under the wing. Was there any that were, were really tough on you? No, no, no one was really tough. I mean, probably the toughest was Paul Ince. 
the governor. Because, uh, yeah. Was he calm to her? Yeah, I mean, whether he did that, he didn't do nothing like that at Liverpool, to be fair. But he, I played centre midfield that season. He came with him when Jamie Redknapp was out. So Jamie Redknapp was always good with the young lads and, and stuff like that. Nice fellow. But Paul Ince was like, not not nasty or but but he could be tough but in a, in a good way and I think he knew I was sort of that type of character where he could say what he wanted to me and I'd be like I'd say something back to him so sometimes I always remember it I, I you'd be playing in the first half and he'd have a go you know be going mad at you and he'd be like I'm doing all right and then you get an half time say what you what, what you know you what, what's your problem he said I'm not playing well myself I just need to fucking have a go with someone and they'll have a go back and then I'll, I'll wind me up. So, and it was yeah. interesting, you know, even like, you know, for a player to speak like that. And I thought, yeah, he's right. you know, something like that or you can sort of bounce off and maybe get yourself going when it's not going right. See, what we see with young players coming through when you were older, how would you be with them? Coming you'd, be, the you'd be tough on them. You'd be tough on them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't like cocky people coming no. through. So, I mean, if, if, I, know, hated, if I know someone, him. would no, I? Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story, actually. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you two stories. So, yes. John John Flanagan was making his debut against uh, Man City and he was going to be playing against Balotelli. And this is something I don't like. Whenever a young lad's making his debut, everyone feels like they've got to, like, give them their advice or, like, yeah. do you be careful, you know? And you've got, like, 20 people fucking talking to you before the game. And I'm like... So, I, I didn't say a word to him. And just before we went out, I said, listen... You're playing here because of what you've done for the reserves or the youth team. I said, just do that. That's it. There's nothing else to do. I say this to my son. Football's not different the levels you go up. It's just, it's better versions of it or it's quicker or it's it. No one's going to ask you to do something you've never done before. Mm. So I don't, so I'm not big on like giving all this advice to young players and just like let them sort of, let them learn and you, you chip in with little things, but not like, I'm bombarding some of like fucking advice and they should do this and they should do that. Uh, but in terms of the other story was uh, talking about someone's a bit cocky. So we had this striker called Nathan Eccleston at Liverpool and uh, he played a couple of first-team games in like Europa League and all that. But he was he was lad from Manchester and he was a bit, you know, lively, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't mind someone who's a bit like got a something about them. But we were doing the boxes before training and uh, he said something to me about going in the middle. And like a few, it wasn't even so much he said that. It was like, you know, a few of the other senior lads oh, laugh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So we're playing 11 v 11. And uh, also I'm, because he's centre forward, I'm thinking, it's, don't be on my team, don't be on my team. And the team, so it was like a mix of like first team and reserve. So uh, he, he's centre forward. I thought, oh, I felt like I'd won the lottery. I thought, oh, you're, you're getting it. So it was like, <laughs> I'm centre back here. So, you know, when a striker makes the run down the channel, so you normally sort of, you can see him going and you sort of read it and get across, thought, no, I'll leave him. So I'll let him go. So then I'm behind him then. So the ball's gone down to like the corner, if I'm behind and I've just run and I've just jumped two foot on the back of his Achilles. <laughs> just like the whole session had to be stopped beneath. I was like, stop, stop, this is a disgrace. Oh, fuck I just thought. <laughs> so we never done it again, basically. Maybe it sent a message out to everyone else. Amazing, man. Uh, you were tagged as, were you in that Spice Boys case? No, do not put me in that. I just missed that, thankfully. See, talking about Redknapp, could you tell that he was going to go on to be on every advert in Britain, man? <laughs> mate, honestly, he's, he's really stumped that up lately, hasn't he? And I'm thinking the stuff he's advertising. Sexy, but the stuff he's, he's advertising. Any, isn't he? He's not wearing them sketches, is he? <laughs> he's not wearing fucking sketches. <laughs> but he used to, uh, what was the one he'd done years ago? I used to laugh about to me. 
uh, Thomas Cook holiday. That was about 15 years ago. I'm thinking, you don't go to Thomas Cook and book your fucking <laughs> You know what I mean? But that's his... Uh, he's good, isn't he? Was he a top man? Yeah, he was a good lad. Yeah, he was a really good lad. Good James. player, wasn't he? Still is. He was what? Good player. Yeah, he could pass. Did he get bad injuries? Uh, injuries. Yeah, he had bad injuries. But in terms of actually talking about before, about pinging a ball and striking a ball, he could... He could pass, yeah, definitely. But it injuries killed him, didn't it, really, towards the end of his career? Yeah. Uh, why do you think that team couldn't catch Man United Arsenal that team? They weren't mentally strong enough or physically strong enough. I think the teams I played in were much better at that than they were, but they probably were better on the eye to watch. I don't think anyone ever watches Gerard Hulier games under us or Rafa Benitez games and says, oh, I want to watch that. It was mm. amazing football. You know, but we won and we could win big games and... I think that team, you think of, you know, Patrick Berger, Robbie, uh, McManaman, and Collymore, Redknapp, Barnes behind them. And it was all free-throwing football. Almost similar to what you described like Arsene Wenger's Arsenal towards the end. Yeah. Where you'd love to watch them. But when it comes to a big game, you know they get beat. So that team always got beat in big games. And the reason that everyone remembers the Spice Boy era or is like that's one of the areas that's really looked at for not for not winning. Is because that's not Liverpool people. No. You know, same as Glad, you know, someone's, you know, a white suit had a cup fan. It's like, it's not just bad. It's like, that doesn't represent the city. People mm. in Liverpool are not like that. So that's why that team got so much sort of criticism from the supporters. I loved Neil Ruddick, man, did you? Oh, he was crazy, wasn't he? How was he a professional football player? Who is that? Neil Ruddick. I know, I know. He had a ping in the bag anyway. Could he play Ruddick? Oh, he was his left foot. Could he? Yeah, yeah, he just couldn't run. Was he, was he like, <laughs> Massively bigger than everyone else at that time playing. He wasn't in, when he was there, but I think towards the end when he knew he weren't playing, I think he obviously went off the rails or whatever. And then when he would play, he would look. If you, if, have you seen that four three game against Newcastle? The yeah. first oh, one. Oh, what a game! Yeah, but wait till you see Ruddick in that one. <laughs> would they you take you out for a bevy? What's that? Would they, Ruddick and that take you out for a bevy? You go on Christmas nights out and all that. Yeah, they they could put it away. They were they were there yeah. for me and yeah, him and Don Matty were in there. A terrible twosome, shall we say. Would they pay, pay, your, pay your night? I didn't know what you were doing there. Were you doing the fucking... Uh, whoa, what type of podcast is this? Would they pay your night? Yeah, yeah. He, he was good with Joe. I think all those lads were, yeah. They were good with the money and looking after young lads when you were going. Sorry, I've got one more question. But was, was Jason McAteer as stupid as everyone makes it? No, I think he played up to it to get a bit of attention and you right. just give him a mention on a podcast on the back of it. So, so it's actually weird. <laughs> right, your favourite player on. What, see, if you're a young age, did you know Michael Owen was going to hit the heights as he did? Yeah, yeah. Was he special? He was the only one. Even you might say, oh, Stevie Gerrard, but Stevie Gerrard, everyone knew he was going to be a great player and he played for Liverpool's first team. But he didn't think he was going to be the best player in the world or the best midfielder in the world. But with Michael, it was like you, you knew he was going to be off the scale. What was the day you know when he done that to Neville Southall's 13 year old kid? <laughs> you mentioned that before, and I was actually there that day. It was at Stoke City's ground. And uh, don't forget, Neville Southall's a massive hero to me. So when he comes in, I always have Neville coming in with like a young missus or like and kissing her and hugging her and like in front of us. And I'm thinking, he's no hero of mine now. You know what I mean? And then, but it's in a, it's, it was a YouTube sensation, that clip. And I was never Michael's, man. yeah. So I'm in the back and I must be collecting the balls. I don't even know why I'm there, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> What did he say again? Oh, well done, you're 13. Yeah, <laughs> well done, you're only 13 or something, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Did you play against him? Like, see you play against him in training, was he? Michael. Uh-huh. Yeah, but my- Michael's biggest strength was obviously pace. So in yeah. training, you know what it's like, everything's small-sided, so the pace doesn't show up as much. Same with Torres. When you trained against him, it wasn't 
that tough. It was just they came alive on match day when mm-hmm. it was eleven v eleven and big spaces. So yeah, Michael Michael was one of them used to sort of almost save himself for games really. So you'd never see him sort of massively busting a gut and training, just making sure he was ready for the weekend. Mate, uh, what goal. about his Argentina goal? Where were you when that? Uh, I was. I'll tell you where I was. I was in a pub in Bootle, the Chaucer. That's no longer here. And uh, yeah, watched it there. Drunk with all my mates. So we. I would have been. What would I have been then? 20, 20 something like that. I was a couple of years older than Michael. He was eighteen, wasn't he? So it was. Uh, it was. Un- and to be honest, I, I think his the way people talk about him as a footballer and look back at his career. It was. It's never as good as what it should be. When you actually think of the heights he got mm-hmm. because of the way he finished. So. The way I started was very slow. I was just getting, you know, improving and, you know, as most players do, as Michael just was off the scale. And you think, where do you go from there, really? Mm. Did he slow down? Yeah, he did with injuries. Yeah, yeah he did, he did. And he, he pulled his hamstring badly at Leeds when he was about 19. I don't think he was ever as quick, really. Mm. And Michael will tell you that himself, his best days were done when he was 21. That's crazy, isn't it? Because of that, the pace. So it was just like... But he still... Sort of became, well, not became, he was always a great goal scorer. He then just became a goal scorer more than anything, really, and almost got to 26, I think 27, before he started getting eased out with England. So, do you think he could have been world class, Michael? Have you never got injuries? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He actually he actually scored a lot of goals for the Amateur. Do you not think he was world class for a bit? Yeah, for a bit, but I mean. He won, did he win the. Ballon d'Or? Did he win the Ballon d'Or? Uh, he was, was it the same version if then? If he wouldn't have got injuries, he'd have England's World Cup, uh, England's goal scorer record. 100% he'd yeah. have that he was nailed on for that he got 40 goals I mean he had 40 goals by the time of 25 or something like that what was his pattern like he's thinking of him he's uh, in Chester isn't he? he's not like us he's yeah, not you know quick firing he loves horses doesn't he yeah he's got a big stables big horses, in, uh, in Chester yeah yeah he's massively into them he loves a bevy Michael. does he does he yeah yeah does he look like that at all he's cock he's hot he's cock he's hot hot see when they went to Man United did you phone him and say that's a disgrace. <laughs> no, I phoned him before he signed and said, well, is this really happening? And he went, yeah. And I said, uh, okay. Uh, do you want me to phone Rafa now and see if we can... And he said, yeah. He wants to go to Liverpool. Oh, did he? Well, Liverpool. Yeah. Why did Rafa not want him? No. Did no. Rafa get rid of him the first time round? He didn't get rid of him, but Michael wanted to go. Did he? In Real Madrid basically came in for him. He wanted to go. He had 12 months left on his contract. I don't think Rafa did, like, it was like you're not going type of thing. It was a bit like, well, okay, if you want to go. So I always wonder how much Rafa would have used them or how, or how much he rated them really because, you know, it wasn't, it didn't seem like a manager was like, you know, you're not going over my dead body type of thing. It wasn't like that really, but he tried to buy him back the year after though, to be fair. So Michael did a year in Madrid and then basically Madrid wanted, or he wanted to come home, they wanted Madrid and he ended up going to Newcastle. But Newcastle basically messed his move up to Liverpool because they offered more money 17, 18 and we were only going to offer 10 I think because mm. we, we'd let them go for I think 7 I think we were going to go to 12 and they went to 17, 18 and blew Liverpool out the water Amazing. see just on England right I was actually seeing in lockdown so I watched England v Portugal 2004 but they played a 4-4-2 with Skulls at wide do you think now I'm not going to go to the manager because I think when I grew up it was always a 4-4-2 you never knew about a 4-3-3 but I was looking at that team and I was thinking could Skulls Gennard and Lampard North just played as a three, three in there. Yeah. I couldn't believe and even even with a three at the back, it could have worked as well. Like you could have come in. You like, after the job on Monday night football. <laughs> I love it, be brilliant. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But I think no, I'm not having a go at the coaching, but I look at that golden generation thing. I have a go, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Sven, it was Sven, wasn't it? Sven, oh yeah. But I, I look at the, the 
Sven wasn't interested in right, the to the golden gen- the golden generation and people say like how did it not go right but I actually think it might have been due to the the manager and the tactics that were getting because I don't a four four two just didn't suit it. Like, no, it didn't. But that, that's all Sven was. If you actually think about it, we went from and that's in the book. We we go from sort of Terry Venables, Glenn Oddle before Ericsson, who were English managers, but playing three at the back, four three three, doing different things really. And then you think when you bring a foreign manager in, you think it's going to be all this yeah. like, different system. We brought a four four two man in. Mm. Basically, that's what he was. Capello was the same. So when people talk to me about foreign managers, Benitez was the same in mm. some ways. Julio was the same. So the, the managers who, who I had, who, who you associate with playing open, expansive football and playing from the back, Rodgers, Roy Evans, you know, the boot room, Liverpool, Kenny Daglish, you know, and, and those, well, I didn't have those England managers, but you understand where I'm coming yeah. from? So the actual foreign managers I had well, weren't like that at all. But I'm going to steal your question, though. Was Sven as horny as he looked? Was he horny? As horny as he Well, uh, he basically... Uh, the lads, the lads had had a night out and... Uh, one of the players who shall re- re- uh, remain mm-hmm. nameless got caught bringing someone back to a hotel and uh, Sven got wind of it and uh, had a meeting and then said, uh, wh- wh- why did you bring her back? So the player's a bit awkward. And, he said, just get a number. Follow her the next day and you go and see her. <laughs> and I'm like, so I think the player's had a lot of time for Sven. Uh, what a uh, guy. <laughs> yeah, so he was definitely uh, that type of guy, yeah. Right, mate, something that baffled me was when Julio came in as a joint manager. What were, what were Liverpool thinking? The I know, I just thinking? think... Uh, who did you... Like, so see if you went in the morning and you had a problem, who would you go to? Julio or Roy Well, that, that was the problem. So basically, it almost like split the squad in half. Really, people who'd been with Roy Evans for years and, and maybe a couple of signers who'd come in up, certainly young players and just new fellas. I was still a young lad then. And I wasn't properly classed as one of Roy Evans' guys. I was like a, a squad player, really. And uh, so he, he comes in. And basically, it was down to the fact that David Moore's the chairman, was such a lovely guy. He just didn't have the heart to sack Roy Evans. But Ronnie Moran, who was the coach, the famous coach, and uh, he got to 65 and he sort of retired him. So he needed to bring someone in. So I think the, for a few months before, they were, something needed to change. Something needed to change. Okay, why not do this? So in the end, when he spoke to Gerard Hewley, I think he initially wanted him to come in as a coach. Right. But Gerard said, no, I'm a manager. And I was like, okay, well, let's not do a joint. So they ended up doing a joint manager, but it was just, it was a mess, really. How come Ronnie Moran was such a legend? Well, he was the coach there from, he's like the famous coach who was from Shankly. So he, even though the managers changed, Ronnie Moran was always the coach. Right. So Ronnie Moran had a little goal, he'd manage if, for like two or three games if they, a manager, if there was a changeover right. or something. But he was never a manager. He was just a coach. And he's the one who was like, the one who, you know, whacked the players, basically. Did he whack, did he whack you? Yeah, yeah. He only used to, I mean, he passed, sadly passed away. He was, he's from Crosby. He only right. lived around the corner, yeah. But he was from Bootle originally, uh, where I was. So he played for Liverpool all his career, went straight on to the staff. And so you think of all the glory days. He, he is the most successful person, I think, ever associated with Liverpool because he was there through all that, you know, success in the 70s and 80s, really. So he moved on. And uh, yeah, Gerard Uli had come on, and it was just, it was always going, it was inevitable what was going to happen. Roy Evans was going to lose his job at some stage. Yeah. Did, what did Tully have changed? Was it diet and all that as well? Was it something yes. like Wenger at Arsenal? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I think everyone got a, a little bit obsessed with Wenger. And not, not obsessed the wrong way, because I think they should have done, because he, he was amazing and the way he changed it. But it was a bit like everyone, can we get our own Frenchman? That's the way it felt at the time. And Julia played a big part in France winning the World Cup and, and setting up the system of. 
at Clairefontaine and that. So yeah, Julian, he was brilliant. Was he? He was a great manager. What What was so good about him? training? He was. Uh, yeah, the training was good, but he was very, very tough. But it took no messing. And don't forget, this Did is he a do guy. That straight away, was it Paul Ince? He done. He done. Some yeah, Paul Ince, yeah. I mean, there was Jason McAteer. There was uh, Paul Ince. There was Robbie Farley. He took no prisoners. He, he would. He would have meetings and he would pull people out. I'm not just talking. I mean, and if someone said anything back. And he would go to town. He never forgot anything. His memory was unbelievable. He wasn't a coach. He was a manager. He, he, he wasn't someone who was like on the train. He had Sammy Lane. He brought another French coach in and were really good. And uh, he sort of moved on that Spice Boy era and brought in a different era, which I said to you before was more powerful, mentally stronger. So tougher people, really. Maybe the football wasn't as good. Well, it wasn't. There's no doubt. But... You know, you look at the sort of the changes he made, and I, I, I don't ever think he gets anywhere near enough credit for the job that he did wow. at Liverpool and where he, he sort of got us back to. I think it was either your book or Gerard's book, and he had a record at every five aside. Yeah. Is that your so, book? Yeah, Paul Ince. I read that in your Yeah, book? Paul Ince. Uh, so we, we, we'd lost the game, so you'd have the Monday morning meeting, and, and words are getting said. And Paul Ince said something about training's not good enough, or, or training's not there, or something like that. And Incy was one of them, he'd sort of piss about and train a little bit and having a laugh and a joke. And, and he knew how many times his five side team had lost. So he, he's thinking, So when he said that, everyone just goes, wow. Uh-huh. You know, just like, oh my God. You know, where, you, how would you answer that back in the opponent? You know, it's just <laughs> like, done, it? he said, since I'm peeing it, you've only won that. You're the way you train, you can't tell them, you know, you know what I mean? It was a bit like that. Yeah. And then you knew there was nothing down for Incy after, after that. See, Gerard, we did, was he even at the training? Did he? Oh no, he was. He never missed anything. Never missed anything. What I mean by he's not someone like Rafa Benitez was a cold coach. Yeah. Whereas Julian was more like a man manager, but was really tough and really he'd have meetings and he'd set a vision of where the club were going and where they needed to be. And he was he was a brilliant manager, Gerard. We always ask people like, do you think it's what do you think is more important, like being at the coach coach or more man management? I mean, to be honest, I hear this a lot, and maybe I'm against or got go against the grain a little bit. I always hear, oh, man management's amazing. You know, it's man management, it's man management, or that's the most important thing. And maybe it is for some people. It's not for me. You know, I don't want my manager to be a great fella. I want to be a great manager. You know, I want us to be like, when we go onto that pitch, we like know what we're doing. We're fit, we're ready, we're switched on. That's the plan. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. I don't want my manager because he's like, he goes for every bit of lads or he lets the lads have a couple of days off. I think that's nonsense when I hear that. Now, don't get me wrong. If you mix the two, and I, that's when I think you've got the special managers. Yeah. When you mix the two, that's what Klopp's got right yeah. now. So Gerard Hulier was a man manager in, not that he was mates with the players and having always laughing and joking, but he was very, uh, he, he'd want to know what was going on outside of football, how your family were. You know, if you had like, someone had just had a baby or, you know, different things. Yeah. A baby, he knew, whereas Rafa was just like, don't care about that. Yeah. But he was a coach. He was just like... So some people say, oh, Rafa's man management. But he was successful. That's I, I didn't have a problem with Rafa's man management. What's the problem? He's a great coach. We know what we're doing when we're going on the pitch. You know, he's making us all better players. That's all I want. Yeah. But I think the real great ones are when a player obviously knows what he's doing, he's improving. Yeah. But they, they're almost playing for the manager. And I think the United lads were doing that with Ferguson. I think the Chelsea lads were doing that with Mourinho, where they, almost, they just love the manager. Yeah. And I think Liverpool players do that with Klopp. I don't think I ever had that with a manager. And that's mm-hmm. not that's not critical to them. I always played for Liverpool. I didn't play for a manager. I played for my family and for Liverpool. I don't care who my manager is. But I think the real special ones have that much of a bond or that much of a connection where... You see the Liverpool lads now, they're waiting for a hug off Klopp. Oh, I've got the hair. 
They're not even like just, oh, if he, if he bumps into me. Yeah. I saw Curtis Jones the night in the game and Cropp's yeah. hugging someone and he's not even working. And Curtis Jones is a bit like, Wait. where's mine? Where's mine? And, and when I hear Gary speak about Ferguson, it's like they didn't want to let him down. You know, she had that sort of manager. No, and, and and again, I'm not. I just think that's the special people, the yeah. real, absolute special ones, and that's what maybe what makes the difference. Where you can sort of bring the the great football knowledge, tactics, whatever, and the man management together. Normally, with managers, it's almost one or the other, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know that type of thing. Do you think that we got, think that's what Guardiola lacks is more the man management side. Well, listen, can I say he lacks something? No, can you? No, but I mean, as in, yeah. It, he, not the same as Klopp that way with his players I don't know yeah well when you I mean to be honest I've never played for Guardiola I mean, listen I've never played for some of the others I've mentioned but Guardiola does look very very intense yeah. where like I'm not sure listen I don't know I'm sure in managing the players he's got to have some sort of man management skills but I think the fact he stays at clubs maybe four years it looks like he's going to stay at City a little bit longer it's almost like a burnout at the other clubs they've yeah, spoke yeah. about you know the connection between them and the players it's that intense that it almost needs a little break after four years, whereas Klopp maybe a little bit different. Where he's had seven years at every club he's been at, mm-hmm. and Liverpool will be the same, maybe a bit, little bit longer. Really, so maybe there's something in that. See, mm-hmm. see, Julier being the way he's what he was. Did that improve your game? Oh, was he on you constantly. Julier and Benitez the big two biggest influences in me in terms of improving. So I went from being a squad player at Roy. I mean, I was only nineteen, twenty. So difficult. You have to be Michael Owen basically to be in the first team at Liverpool at yeah. that age. But so. I then became a, what I would call a, a proper Liverpool uh, first-team player under Julio. So Julio just loved me straight away. Did for he? For whatever really? reason, yeah, he just like, you know... Maybe Probably because you were like him mentality-wise. Yeah, I, was a great, I trained the way I wanted to, you know, play. I was right on it every day. So he just took an instant liking to me. And Benitez, when he came in, almost took my game from being a, a Liverpool player to sort of being maybe one of the top players in the Premier League at that time, or certainly in my position. You know, where you're seen as like a leader for the club. Yeah, that's the best way of describing it. Where you become a leader for the club, not just one of the players. Yeah. You know, me, Stevie's captain, I'm vice captain. And so they both just took me on. I just think any manager you have, whether they're good or bad, people always ask me about Roy Hodgson and sort of take the piss or whatever, you know, Liverpool fans. But he's a manager who's managed all over the world. So even if he's not doing a great job at Liverpool, there's something I can pick up, there's something I can learn, there's something I can. Even if some of the lads aren't having them in training. So I've ne- I never criticise managers or certainly my managers and say, oh, he was a joke. He didn't know what he was doing or nothing like that. I can't believe you don't want to be a manager. I know. It's, it's a waste of the game. You're just ins- I know, you're inspiring yeah. me there sitting there talking to me. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I think before, if TV wasn't as big, I'd be a manager 100%. I just, I've never moved. I never, so played Liverpool my whole life, never had to, you know, uproot the family. I was never going to recruit the family to be mm. a coach somewhere or do something. If there was something at Liverpool... Like this, no, you ain't leaving this place, place, are you? Yeah. If there was something at Liverpool, I would have stayed. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what, so if they offered you a coaching job, you would have stayed? No, no I'm, I'm talking about when I... When I yeah, I would have. When, yeah. when I, if they offered me now, I probably wouldn't know because I think I'm, I'm so set in stone now with Sky and I love that job and I'm almost known as like Monday Night Football yeah. and, you know, me and Gary and, and I think it'd be probably daft to sort of walk away you from could, that. Could me say I ever come on and watch you day that show? Monday Night Football? Yeah. That'd be amazing, mate. I won't, we won't yeah. sit in my way. Just no, 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 quiet. Just sit quiet. Yeah. That's all the shit. Right. No, you can, yeah. Would you actually? Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Joy, Dave Jones? Yeah. He's good, Top isn't fella, it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Good job. his job. It's not Sunderland all about him, is it? That's, I mean, a lot of presenters, it's all about them, but he's... Uh, just lets us 
get on him five points, doesn't he? It's actually, mate, genuinely... But he gives his opinion as well, which I quite like. So is it what's the in Scotland then? Is it talking about the in Scotland? Massive. It's actually the Monday night football is people actually look forward to after the game yeah. more to hear you yeah, yeah. than that. Tactics are massive now, for it. Like fans love tactics yeah. now, so you are good at explaining yeah, yeah. the way and fans that can understand it. And you're in Scotland, though, people talk about football and they use big fancy words and all that. I hate that, eh? No. no. Whereas you just speak yeah, like normal yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, can we stay here when we come after watch? it? We'll after come back. <laughs> you. you can come back to the hotel for the bevy. You can't <laughs> no, come here. No. Wow. What's the best night you've had after Monday Night Football? Well, to be honest, it's a little bit different now. We used to always, there used to be a hotel we'd all stay in right by Sky. And we'd all go there for a drink. He'd there till about one in the morning, half one. So the show finished 11 at night. But now it's it's not as much like that, to be honest. It's more like everyone's got their own sort of go their own ways type of thing. Me and Gary stay in the same hotel when we're doing it together. But he doesn't do it every Monday now. He only does about, I don't know, five or six a year, really. So I'm surprised how well you two got on. Because obviously with the Liverpool Man United yeah, did yeah. you ever give each other a bit on the pitch yeah yeah what like proper yeah there's always every time Liverpool Man United play everyone always puts that picture up of me and him head to head what would you say to him you're a busy, uh, busy bastard yeah you're busy man but yeah I mean there's not much more you need to say to him is there really <laughs> remember the man you scored for Liverpool and he was dead the fans yeah <laughs> remember that man but he was hate. I mean to be honest Liverpool fans love Gary Neville now he's brilliant on, on TV uh, you know as a pundit because that's the good thing about being what we do now is that You've lived in a bubble. He's lived in the same bubble of Man U. I'm all Liverpool when I'm a player. And sometimes it's nice to get out of it where you're talking about other teams and, and you're thinking about other teams really and what they're doing really. Because sometimes it was just that intense, you know, being in the city in Liverpool week in, week out for like 17 years. It was like, it was nice to get away from it. Does your heart sink when you've got a Stoke v Norwich Monday night? Huh? <laughs> well, all that, well, you can flip it the other way and say, well, all that means is there must be great games in the weekend that you can analyse. So you can always flip that. So if you've got a great game on a Monday, yes. If you haven't, there's probably been a great game you can analyse. Ask him about the man that's running your life right now. Where are we, say? Stephen Gerrard. Oh, Stevie Gerrard, mate. See, is, see, I, I, so that's a kind of both, right? When he was younger did you know he was going to be I know you've said that a wee bit with Mike Owen and see we we only stuff you said they sort of turned on just the games I mean maybe in training they didn't was Gerard the opposite in training he was at it all the time yeah Gerard was at it flipped a wee bit there yeah Gerard was at it yeah in training every day yeah listen you knew he was going to be a top player I'm just saying Michael was one of the few when they were actually like 14 15 there was no debate whether he was going to be a top player but I don't think there's many you can say that about now Steve you knew he'd play for the first team you just don't know what's going to happen when someone gets to a first team. And he just went, yeah. so as soon as he got in the first team, you knew he was going to be a great player. You knew. Yeah. You, you, Why? Just because it was easy for him to find him? Yeah, I mean, a second. I always think young players have to make an impact when they play. So I, I score a goal on me, on me debut. Robbie Fowler scored five. I loved Fowler. Stevie's man of the match in a European game. So at 18, and against Celta Vigo, I think it was, and he's just passing balls everywhere. And you think, you, you just know. You know, so they have to make that impact. He made that uh, impact. But the thing about Stevie, what you've got to remember is, every time someone signed for Liverpool, all he used to say was, I want to play with Steven Gerrard. Wow. It was like, he, he was like, God, he was almost bigger than the club at some yeah. stage when, when the club was, wasn't doing well at certain times when he was playing. It was a bit like, you, you asked Fernando Torres the best player he played, Steven Gerrard. That's crazy, isn't it? You know, so he's, he's played with like Xavi and Iniesta and World Cup winners. He just sometimes... At Liverpool, we know how, how he's amazing. And in this country, everyone knows he's amazing. But when I hear the debate about Skulls, Gerard Lampard, it's like, it's not a biased thing. It's not even like, it's not even a debate. I train, me and Frank, 
we, we were together right through England. We were room together under twenty ones. Get on great when it was brilliant. And uh, Skulls saw him in England saying that, but what Stevie did was just and don't forget they play for better teams. Yeah. So you know, I always think could Skulls or Lampard have done what Stevie did in the Liverpool team? No, he just couldn't have. It just you, you, it wasn't possible. You know, you think of Istanbul, you think of the cup final in 2006 what he did, did in that game and obviously plenty of other games do you think Scholes though see the, the, the great Barcelona team do you think Scholes could have played in that no no yeah, you don't know I love Scholes huh? oh he's unbelievable he's not better than Xavi or Iniesta no but no. he's still a player though oh yeah he's that, don't get me wrong I think that's why we, we all love him in this country he, he was a, he wasn't a typical English British midfielder you think of the great midfield players in England you think Gerard Lampard Keane Vieira Yaya Torre you're actually thinking of power, aren't you? And running and, you know, goals and all action, where the skulls was different. So, yeah, yeah I, I get that. And that's why people, I think, love him. See, but you and Gerard with that same mentality you've got, like, want to win. Would you ever come to boys? Arguments? No. Never no. That. Why? Was there just no. always that? Yeah, was like, fit? I used to have a go at everyone. Uh, so even if he was having a shocker, you just wouldn't no, say it? No. Uh, no. There was just only t- twice I can picture the games where I've said something to him and... Uh, one was Rafa Benitez's first game away from home. I don't. I, I can't remember what I said, but I remember fucking. And he said, "To be honest, I, 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 I couldn't back down on an argument. I couldn't. I just can't. It'd yeah. be impossible for me to do that." Uh, and there was one at Redden away my last season. We were drawing nil, and I was that wound up. And Stevie Jones was like, "Fuck, see, Steve." And he turned. I was like, I "Can't really say that to Stevie yeah. Gerrard, can I really?" But <laughs> yeah, there was like, but he'd never say. It was almost like. You know, that respect there, that we couldn't sort of say too much to each other. Gerard was a captain, but were you the more vocal one in the change? Yeah, yeah. And Did he you like know what? you doing that? What's that, sorry? Did he like you doing that? Yeah, but he was never he was never that type to sort right, of... Yeah. He, he, it was really interesting because, obviously, this is the podcast. I, I had a podcast episode that came out... Uh, he keeps thinking his own plan. Yeah, yeah throw me on one in, you know what I mean? That's why the he's greatest got this history. Games. He's not that. Here, do you want, want us to go in that podcast? Yeah, come on, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the viewers go in it. Two on the same night, you come to Monday Night Football. We're going to all in one. Uh, Sam Warburton, I don't know if you know, he's a big rugby player yeah, for Wales right. and the Lions and that. And he, he said something I've never heard before, the difference between leadership and being a captain. And he was saying about being a captain, you've almost got to be everyone's mate. Whereas a leader can sometimes just, you know, you can just be a leader and shout at people and organise. And that was me. I didn't, I wasn't too, I always say this, I didn't want to be mates with the players. If I was mates, great. But it, it doesn't, you know, they're my teammates, they're not my mates. I've got my mates in, in, in Bootle. Yeah. I'm all right. But we're teammates and we're here to win. Whereas I think as a captain, you've probably got to be a bit more... You know, you know, speaking to the lads, or I mean, spoken, but you know, almost like a manager type of man management with the captain, and you know that type of thing. So I think the players who we play were probably all adored Steve. He probably didn't adore me, yeah, in some way. But I didn't care. I wasn't the captain. It was like I wanted to win for Liverpool. Can you remember the biggest ocean you gave somebody? Uh, oh, I give loads. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even remember the. Bit. I mean, well, I had what well, I had to play by the throat, didn't I? On the who pitch, ah, uh, below her. Did you? So did I? Yeah. Why? Remember that? Just no damage. Is that away to West Brom? Away to West Brom, yeah. Somebody, I know that. Great, that's great. Yeah, it was just he was full back. I was centre back. And it was he just kept Arbel was a type of full back who was a, a solid seven out of ten full back. He wasn't six, cap six, out of ten. six, six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he he just kept he had this thing because we were doing well. He'd start like going next to 10 or 15 yards forward. In fact, I don't want to defend, I just want to attack. I'm thinking, number one, you're not even that player. And number two, you're not leaving me exposed. So I'm like a lunatic. And 
they nearly score because he's out of position. And I've just jumped up and just went, where is he? And I've just grabbed him back the throat. And then Alonso got involved. I was just like, but... With managers like you doing that? Or was there any that ever said to you, like, you need to calm down a bit? No, I know Bene- after that, I don't think Benitez was too happy with that. But he, and I have always Spanish as well. So I didn't know if that had something to do with it, uh, really. But, uh, yeah, I think they just sort of just let you go on with it, really. Uh, I knew I was, I was like that. Uh, I mean, Luis Garcia... He was like a, a legend for Liverpool for what he's done in the Champions League and he scored so many goals, but he'd lose the ball so much you couldn't help get wound up and you'd, just, you'd be screaming at him through the game. Would he ever go back here? No, no, uh, no. Who's one that used to always have something to say about? No one, really. Nah. Uh, Pepe Reina. Did he? Would a little bit. Yeah, but he was a big personality, yeah. a big character. Obviously, I was centre-back, he was goalkeeper. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Not many. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying as if I was some big tough no, guy. They were no. all scared of me. You know, nothing like that. It was just that I just don't think... That I, I was just that, like, wound up and a bit mad on the pitch, you know, to, like, win. And, like, I, I was like that as a kid. I used to get taken off by the school all the time, by a school teacher, because of the way I spoke to my teammates. <laughs> I love that, like. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Gerard was going to leave Liverpool. I, was, it, was it very close to that? Yeah. Was yeah, it? I was going to go to Chelsea. It was on, on my wedding day. I couldn't book my wedding for if <laughs> I know exactly when it was. <laughs> <laughs> so the 1st of July. And uh, Rafa, it must have been his second something. Like pre-season started on like the fucking uh, 25th of June or something. Like, wedding's on the 1st of July. We used to come in on like the 10th of July or something. So I obviously would get a you know, couple of days off. So a couple of the lads came. You know, did the train in the morning and travelled to the wedding. Who came? Uh, Sammy Apicum, uh Stevie Gerrard came, and there was two others, I can't remember who it was. So there was about three or four of them. And, uh, but my agent was there. My agent from Scotland. That's Stuart Marshall. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. And uh, so through the day, I'm obviously got, it's a wedding day, all, all kind of stuff's going on. And uh, I can just see them talking right through the day all the time. And you, you just get them vibe. This is not good. Because obviously, it wasn't just that day, it'd been building up. And I think there'd been a meeting that day at the training ground between sort of Stu and Stevie, the manager, and there was all things getting said backwards and forwards and whatever. And I thought that was it. That was it done, basically. Oh, on, did you on ever say, please don't go? No, no. I uh, I mean, I'd always told him me, me, me thoughts. It was just, a, it wasn't so much leaving. You can't go to Chelsea. You, you, you can't leave Liverpool and go to another English team. You Go to Madrid. Red go to Barcelona. Uh, really. The fans uh, went mental though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Did they go to his house? Yeah, I think they probably, they might have done. I think there was something outside Anfield oh, and, and stuff like that and lots of people in the city. Liverpool's small. It's not that big a city. Everyone knows each other. It's very intense and the football's the biggest thing in the city and it's the, the thing that keeps the city going financial-wise. And yeah, I mean, you think of Stevie Gerrard, one of the best players in the world, about to leave the club, the local lad, going to Chelsea as well. I don't, it wouldn't have been that big a reaction if he'd gone to Madrid or something like that. It mm-hmm. was just the fact that he was going to Chelsea and Liverpool fans hated Chelsea. See, um, this is heartbreaking this season, isn't it? Because it looks like he could be winning the league. <laughs> it doesn't he... look like. Well, exactly. Jamie, seriously, you can't. <laughs> that's happening. Do you think so? You've got to win the next three old firms and that's not happening, is it? Mate, and two of them are on Ibrox. Man, you've said before, you, you never thought management would, would be for him. Is that right? Am I right in saying that? No, no, it's not that. I always felt I th- I, what I, what I say is when people ask me about management is if someone had asked in our dressing room and we were players, who would be a manager, Carrot or Stevie, 
it'd be me. Yeah, yeah. They would say that. And people always say to me, now I can't believe you weren't a manager because I'd be like, I'd have a football book, I'd have, you know, football magazines on the, I'd have 442 World Soccer reading it, you know, going to and from the game. So I was, I'd watch more football than anyone. Yeah. So I was definitely more obsessed with football than Stevie. And, and maybe still, I'm just because you're a manager, doesn't mean you're obsessed. Yes, of course, you've got an obsession with the game. He loves the game. But, uh, but yeah, I was all, I was always like that. It just didn't fall into place for me. It just, yeah. you know, I it's went still to might, still plenty of time. It might do, but I, I just, I, I think, you, you learn, you're learning and everything that you do. So you, you make a mistake. So Stevie, when he goes to Rangers, he's making mistakes in his first year, his second year, he's getting things right, he's getting things wrong. But, but he's learning all the time. And maybe, so, and he's had the Liverpool under 18s as well. Yeah. So if I went into something, a bit like Gary, Gary made a massive mistake. I take the piss out of him. Gary never had Yeah, when he went to Valencia. Why but he hadn't taken that job for Exactly, never that's it. So it's not that Gary Neville couldn't be a great manager. Yeah. He could. It's just that, he hasn't put the, you've got to put the yards in, you've got to put the years in of, of learning and making it. So Gary's, you know, people might think, oh, you're on the Monday night football, you've got all the tactics, go and take over that team. It's, it's a completely different job. It's not about mm-hmm. whether you know, I think every manager, more 99% of them, I know what we're talking about on Monday night football mm. and could possibly do it in terms of doing it. They might not have the personality, they might not have whatever it is. But I'd have to almost start at the bottom and learn the mistakes and how you speak to people, what session you put. I'm thinking, I'm not going to that. Fuck that. Did, but, Sorry, Sai, si, I was just thinking with, with Gerard. Is there any wee things you can tell us that we can maybe leak out this season? <laughs> <laughs> when we need something, mate, didn't we? Uh, oh, mate. See, see, first few years, I feel I'm getting a bit relaxed now. I was, see the first year, mate, I was shooting. <laughs> see, see, um, what was I going to say there? Yeah? No, still shooting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, the first few seasons, mate, was, um, did you ever speak to Gerard when he was at Rangers? And he was telling you how hard it was being a manager. You know what? I haven't had that much con. I mean, I don't get involved. You, you know what I mean? Have I, you got him on Snapchat? <laughs> no. no. He's, on, uh, he's on Instagram, isn't he, Stevie? Yeah. But there was... You know what? It rings a bell. Uh, I don't know if it was last year or his first year. He had a bad defeat. It was a bad one. It wasn't just... The, it was like one of them when you go, oh, what was it? And I, I sent him a bit of a long text. Uh I'm not going to say what was in the text because you know what I can't exactly remember it was one of them where I thought we've all been in football and we all have our ups and downs but we all know when there's, there's a there's one that gets you yeah. and it was like it wasn't like the obviously they lost the cup final to Celtic didn't they but they played well and yeah, you know yeah, they were unlucky yeah. did. this was one of those defeats I think it was at home against somebody have been in the cup or something and you're like oh that's a bad one that I, but I'm not someone who'd be like what's going on up there I haven't even right. actually been up to be, see a game which is I've done me head and been that busy and then you've had COVID if I'd you love do, to get you can stay at his. Yeah, mind. definitely. Aye. If yeah. my man dies, so I'm still in. But well, I'm, I'm, I've been to all fame games. I've been to two. I see the end, wasn't it? Yeah, I went to uh, where Larson thinks the keeper. Oh, mate, as a man. Were you O'Neill. at that? Were you I was at that there. Game? Martin O'Neill's first one. Yeah. 6-2. 6-2. Yeah. Who'd you go up with? It was, uh, it was me, Major Instrument. Were you in the Celtic end, aye? Yeah, uh, but that was at Celtic, wasn't it? So I've watched two at Celtic. never been to Ibrox uh, mm. to watch an old fame. The other one was when Rangers won the league. At Celtic, Celtic Park, maybe yeah. a couple of years before. And was Ali McCoy's not in the crowd? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. So they're the two I've been to. And the I went to the 6-2 six, six with the... Mm-hmm. What about the atmosphere? It's amazing, unbelievable, yeah. wasn't it? Is that, do you think that is one of the best atmospheres you've yeah. seen? Yeah, oh, without is a that? doubt. I love it. Mm-hmm. I went to a Champions League game when I'd retired when they played Ajax. Right. At uh, Celtic, and yeah. they won that game. Mm-hmm. Not sure who the manager was then. So I went up to that one as well. Took a... Me, me son went. I took yeah. games up, yeah. So we like going to big games, and that's when we obviously want to 
want to go to but you know I've got me, me Rangers hat on Have uh, you, Michael Beale coached your kid as well didn't he you were saying yeah he was at the academy yeah so we done a few sessions you, you knew straight away he was a top coach you know in any walk of life someone stands out don't they when they're good at something and he was he was really good I think he come from down south or Chelsea Liverpool got him he went to Brazil as well yeah uh, to coach there so he's got a great sort of background and the fact that he wasn't coaching with Stevie as such at the academy I don't think but when Stevie got the, the Rangers job, I think he knew, okay, I need someone extra to go into full-time. So he took Michael Beale. So Michael Beale, it wasn't like they were a team, I don't right. think, at the academy. is like the under-16s, he's the coach and Stevie's the manager. Yeah. Stevie was doing the coaching and learning and whatever, but he knew he needed him. Gary McAllister, he's there as well. Yeah. He's... Does he know your roommate? Gary McAllister? I'm not sure. Was he? Who, did you have a roommate? Or Stevie. Oh, was it Stevie? So I, was, I was Michael and then Michael left and then... Uh, so Steve used to room with Danny Murphy. I used to room with Michael. So it was almost like the four of us. And then Danny and Michael left in the same summer. We went together. So we went to uh, went together. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's done. That uh, <laughs> is it. Is it ten or eleven now? Thirteen points, but Celtic have got two games in hand, which brings it down to seven. Seven, seven points. There's three old firms and that takes. When you get points by Ross County at home, you're not winning <laughs> two league games. Do you actually do you follow the Scottish game? Oh, it's good results. Is it because yeah, yeah, we have it on Sky and, and stuff and. If they sometimes they're on the twelve o'clock anti games yeah. and maybe there's none of the game, you'll throw it on and see how it's going, uh, type of thing. But mate, there's actually talk of Benitez going to Celtic. Benitez, absolutely no chance. <laughs> how, how come no chance? No, he wouldn't. He he wouldn't. No, no, he wouldn't. Who will end up being your next manager? Mate, see if Celtic win the league. Could I come stay here for a week if they did? If Celtic win the league, oh, camera, you can right. stay here for a week. We'll swap out. We do what we want. How swap? How swap? I'll need to show you his before you get there. It's not a problem. You've got absolutely no chance. Right, back on to this. Julio, treble, yeah. One of the best years of your career. My best. Is it your best favourite? season, yeah. Uh, because I love his game. Do you remember it? Unbelievable. 5-4 yeah. was it? Amazing, man. Yeah. We were... Uh, when you're playing, you fixture list. You look at all, you know, the game. We played every game on that list from the first one. So we every cup, you know, we went, you know, we done everything full season. Huh? Yeah. So that that's you know the mad thing about that. See, we played sixty three games, and we were we were done at the end. Of the, the last week we were we were done. So we won the cup final on the so we basically played three finals in a week. So we played in the FA Cup final Saturday, got battered by Arsenal, somehow won two one oh, in the heat, he? yeah. knackered. Wednesday night was UEFA Cup final against Alaves. Who, who, if we'd have been fresh, we'd have won that four or five nil, I think. Yeah. But we we were gone. Our legs were gone. We win five four. And then we go to Charlton on the Sunday, which was the last Premier League game. Is that when Fowler scored overhead kick? Yes. And we four, people think, oh, you win four nil, chat. We got battered first half. They had the woodwork twice, and it was nil nil at half time, and we won four nil. But we were gone. Our legs we just ungone in that last sort of sort of week, because that that got us in the Champions League. Yeah. So we needed to win that, and and for the, the manager. We didn't realise at the time how big the Champions League was going to be. He was like, no, this is the most important thing. He knew the finances of it. Whereas we were like, I'd rather win the FA Cup than get in the Champions League. I'd rather win the UEFA Cup. But for him, it's like, no, we've got to get in the Champions League. It's massive. We can attack better play. You know, all this type of stuff. But it was a... Uh, no, that's that's the team I look back on as my favourite sort of team and, and era and my mates. And, you know, it was Robbie was there. Michael was there. Uh, Danny Murphy was there. Didi and Man. John and I think came the year after, actually. But, you know, like... Anilka the people you still speak to now. Yeah, yeah. And Elka came after that, didn't he? after that? He was the season after, yeah. He came in and we should have signed him, yeah. No, he's a good lad. He's quiet. Thing, uh -huh. I watched that. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Strange, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I like... He was, he was just quiet. 
See, see how you were all Liverpool boys. See, like when you were winning these trophies, we just go out in Liverpool together. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. all the time. That's the that's the great thing about it. Because when you're winning, you know yourself. When you come in on a Monday morning, everyone's in a good mood. Yeah. Everyone's probably had a few babies the weekend. Everyone's bouncing into training. So everything's enjoyable. So when you're having a season where you're winning every week, because that's what because we were winning most weeks in the league to finish third. Yeah. So there was never almost like a, a bad time in the season. So it was like almost like party time for the whole season. Where did you go, news bar? News bar, yeah. Oh, mate, what a place. Is that good? Yeah. I used to go there at Christmas days. Did you, mate? Yeah. Amazing, man. Some bar, that, wasn't it? We were in the news bar. Who was good lads on night? So who was there? TD uh, Man. TD Man right? was my year. Uh, we, we were... I think if you'd asked other people that, they'd probably say myself and DD were the, were the two. I mean, he was, uh, he was, he was mad. In a good way, great player, but loved a bevy. And it was, uh, I always remember him coming in. He's always have a bottle of water. You know what it's like? You're going to go over there because he's always got a bottle of water, haven't you? So we'd be walking around Melwood with a bottle of water and Gerard would go, because he knew I went out for a drink. Look at him. Every time I see him, he's got a bottle of water. You need to be more like him when I'm thinking. <laughs> but did you come out with your Liverpool pals, did you, man? Yeah. Would you? Yeah, I'd take him to pubs. So he, he, he sort of knew the city. He knew where he, you know, he, he knew, ends up knowing more people than me. I love that. So he was just going to like me locals? Yeah, he'd go to, he'd go to the Bed, we used to go to the Bedford pub, he comes to the Solly or Marsh Lane and Bootle. Yeah, he'd Brilliant, come man. everywhere with me. Love yeah. that. That's amazing, isn't it? Really? That's, part of winning, that's part of winning leagues yeah, and, and, yeah. and trophies, isn't it? Yeah. And then Silverware, then you signed the likes of Anelka. Was the aim to win the league the next year under? Philly? Yeah, it was. I mean, we finished, so we finished third. We didn't. I think we only signed an Elker in the January. We didn't sign him at the start of the season, so we didn't actually sign anyone that summer. Who did we, we signed Joe. You wouldn't believe it. we signed one player. What position do you think he was? Ten Fucking half. mine. <laughs> I, was play, was I was playing left back that season, and oh, uh, John Arvisa signed. Uh, so we signed him. He come in. He's done well. We signed an Elker in the January, and we were going for the league with Arsenal. But you sort of sometimes forget it. We lost our manager for six months. He had a heart attack. And you just think, well, that, have made, you know, that must have made some difference, mustn't yeah. it? It must have made... I think we finished about seven or eight points behind Arsenal. And uh, that's what we took me doing on Monday Night Football with Freddie Lumber going yeah. through that season. And how many goals he got towards the end of the season to sort of win them the league. He, but that's he, he of, ran for right midfield, didn't he? Yeah, uh -huh. he, he, make, he was brilliant at making those, uh, runs. those runs, diagonal runs. And uh, yeah, we just got pipped by them, but we never had a manager for like six months. Who was it, Phil Thompson? That took yeah, it? but listen, he's done brilliant, but he's the number two. But you just think, your own manager will do... I don't know. Something. He fell out with Phil. Do you remember it? Phil Thompson fell out with Phil and they'd done a press conference, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, so they did. Yeah. 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 Fuck him. Man. It's Phil Thompson. <laughs> Phil Thompson's a good guy. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's just been that go-by guy, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for him. Charlie Nicholas, I know. I mean, I was just thinking at a game it should be in your book. Do you, were you playing the game when Hartson scored in the UEFA Cup for Liverpool? <laughs> I was playing. Oh, yeah? I played right back and... What a team, by the way. Uh, we actually bat <laughs> battered you as a parkhead. No chance. We did. Did Mike no score a world day? No, no. That was, that was years game. before. I was yeah, on the bench high. for that game. And I was made up. We got Celtic because I was saying to all the other players, the atmosphere is amazing. Be brilliant, this. And uh, you scored after a minute. Yeah. And the place just went, Bleh. but we, we battered you. We, we drew on one. We should have won the game. And when I say batter, we just, you couldn't get the ball off us. I'm just being serious. And I think because we played that well in that game, when it comes to the second, like we almost thought it might be an eat. I'm serious, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. were like, you obviously had a bad night. You were a lot better than that. And uh, and it was it was almost like the end of the Uli. I think that was almost like the final nail in the coffin right. for Gerard Uli. One, we don't want to be in the UEFA Cup. Number one, with Liverpool, we should be in the Champions League. And to get beat by Celtic, no disrespect, was almost like it was the sort of just that was the end. Well, Hart scored a cracker, didn't yeah. he? Was Larson playing against you that night? 
you know what, I can't, he must have been, must he? Yeah, he would have been. He must have been. Do you think that yeah. team would have done well in England, that Celtic team? Yeah, I think it would. Would it be, it'd be Blackburn? Blackburn had their soonest, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Under before, four, it was before it was Blackburn then. Yeah. Well, you beat Man United. Was that under Stracken? Nah, Nakamura. That was Stracken, yeah. Back. Yeah. I think I think he's been definitely challenging the Champions League positions. I, I don't think he won the league. He wouldn't have won the Premier yeah. League, but I think he'd have been in and around Champions League positions, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think so, mate. Aye. That yeah. T towards that end, Julio, it was some bad signings as well, too, wasn't it? Juf signed. Juve, Shadu, Dial, they were like. What, what, what was that? Why did he sign them? Well, they were from the French League. So he, he's got a link there, you know, Frenchman. And those two players, two of them did really well at the World Cup for Senegal, uh-huh. Juve and Diao. And to be honest, that's where we've always fell down. Where, uh, that's what. I never like to blame managers, but you sort of get so close to the league and you think, okay, what do we need? And it's like, right, let's go. Boom, we need X, Y, and Z. And those signings have always let us down. It was the same with Jared, uh, Rafa Benitez, where we got really close to the league one year, and the next year, I think we can win the league. And we lost Alonso, and we brought Aquilani in, and it was like, he was wow. injured the whole season. Mm. It was just like, who's this guy? Yeah, and the same with those people who came in. And to be honest, in the end, that, that cost the managers no their job. jobs. Can those. you tell straight away that they're not good enough for that standard? Yeah. Okay. I don't think it takes long. I don't think it takes long to know you've got a really good one either. I don't think it, when people say to me oh, it takes a year to settle in I don't know I've never moved club but I can only judge you off players coming into our club and the great players so if I go through them sort of Pepe Reina Sammy Ippia Stefan Encho Haman Mascherano John Arnarisa uh, Suarez Bellamy Salah no what I'm saying is foreign players oh, foreign, right, foreign hey. players coming in Mane did you do it right away yeah. we've, we've yeah. never had anyone at Liverpool who's come in I mean shite for a year and been amazing yeah. it just doesn't happen so when people I, I people say this, I hear it on TV all the time. Oh, oh, it takes a year to get settled. Like, oh, it doesn't. Yeah. It might take a few months. Don't get me wrong. You might be getting to Christmas. You know, a few months settling in. But no, it's all the nonsense. Was you and Gerard to each other straight away after a week? Like he's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's fucking shy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've got a player. Yeah. You know, and it's just like the. See, see if there's a bad egg in the change room, like he's a poison. Would you quickly get him out? Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, we never really had that at Liverpool. No. Liverpool's a, a club where the manager's really powerful at Liverpool. And I think it's a really good thing. And I think that goes back to Shankly. If you, if you listen to Liverpool supporters talking about the past, they more often than not talk about the manager rather than the players. So it's like Shankly. This year it'll be Klopp. It yeah. won't be like, don't get me wrong, you speak about Mo Salah and Mane and Virgil van Dijk and all this. But it'll be like, if you think of the biggest name in the city is with Liverpool, it's Klopp. Yeah. It's like, you know, Daglish when he was manager. And Liverpool's a manager's club. I don't know if they're different with certain clubs. I don't think there's many like that. I don't even think Sir Alex Ferguson gets the type of adulation Liverpool managers get uh, off their fans than Man United fans and, maybe yeah. give him, really. Uh, if you think of like Real Madrid, you don't, you don't know who the managers are. No. Even European, you know who the players are. It's different with Liverpool. So I think with Liverpool, you knew there was never going to be like player power or... or you know, a, a player would have a problem with the manager, the manager, it's always like, no, the player will go. Yeah. You know, so, and I think that's a really good thing. So, unless it's a total disaster, which it was, to be fair, under Roy Hodge, somewhere it was, he was only in charge for like a few months. Everyone at Liverpool would normally get three, three, four, five years as a manager uh, to turn it around. So, you never got the situation where anyone thought they could take on a manager or anyone thought they were bigger than the club. So, you never really had, you had a few arseholes, but that's just, you, you know, you'd have <laughs> 25, 25 yeah. people, you're always going to get a few buttes, but, 
And then Benitez comes in. He he won the Champions League with Valencia before. No, he won the UEFA Cup. Cup. So were you quite excited when he got the job? Yes, I was well aware. Well aware of. I used to watch a lot of Spanish football. So at that time, you had. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to win the league with Barcelona or Real Madrid, but you got great players. But if you win the league, as he did with Valencia, Valencia, and there was another team at the time who won the league called Deportivo La Coruña. Remember Jalminia? Brilliant, wasn't he? Oh, brilliant. Valeron, Tristan, all those players, yeah. Who was so the manager? Amar and that he had Amar, didn't he? So Amar played as, as the ten. He had Baraka, he had Alvelda, John Carew played up front. Vicente on the left. Remember Canizares with blonde hair? Canizares, case wasn't he? The right, the right winger was Rufetti. Yeah, uh, they had Anglomar, I think, a fullback. Pellegrini, Ayala, wow, and the left back was Carboni. Do you know everything? Like, you so clear. I just remember that era because I used to watch Spanish before I had kids and really settled down. We missed so Saturday night. We had a game on the Sunday and I played. I'd watch those games. So I was well aware of Benitez. And I, and they were the best team we played. We played them in the Champions League in Julia's last season. He battered us there 2-0 and they beat us 1-0 at Anfield. So when we got him, it was a bit like, oh, wow. You know, we, what, yeah. what, is it, what is it that he's amazing at? The team was the most organised team I'd ever played was against it? Valencia, yeah. Would that yeah. be the training ground they would do all that? Yeah, work? and that's what it was. We just we were like that and we... We even though we won the Champions League in Benitez's first season, we weren't that great a team to be honest. We weren't great. It was more the next season where it really kicked in, and then for like sort of three or four years, we were one of the best teams in Europe. Even though we never won the yeah. Premier League, we get to like the semi-finals of the Champions League every year. We got to two final, won one, got to another final, and it was just like we, it was just like a machine, you know, where we were, what we were doing. We just basically Man United had Ronaldo. <laughs> that stuff is that a difference eh? I, I think if you look at us at our best under uh, Benitez I'd say Stevie and Torres was better than Rooney and Tevez I would I'd say Alonso Mascherano in midfield was better than Michael Carrick and Paul Scholes uh, Alonso's a way of cut winner yeah, <laughs> you know uh, they were better than us at centre back even though that was my position they had Vid- uh, Vidic and Rio but it wasn't a massive difference yeah. it was very close but down the wide areas, we we were just we were okay. We were we didn't have a Ronaldo basically. We had uh, Albert Vieira, their Cout. Our fullbacks were steady Eddies. They had Patrice Evra, who was a really good fullback. So just, but I think Ronaldo was the big. I love how you never difference. said Neville. You never even gave Neville a mention there. I don't think he was in the. T- I'm not sure he played as that. I think he was injured then. He was uh, he was out actually. So He'd how, never does get Rafa, how does Rafa Benitez set up a team differently for Gerard Tulli? Like what is it? How does he get you so much more organised? Well, he was a lot more on the training pitch. Uh, but Rafa. what is it in terms of actually showing your situations you need yeah, to yeah it was here, very much or, it was very much the organisation of the team really, and I was almost in off charge of that yeah off yeah. the ball a lot so a lot of attacking players didn't like working with Benitez a lot of British players you think of Crouch Bellamy Pennant Robbie Keane they're used to going into training and five, five sides and, and running around and, and scoring six goals and having a shot and going whereas this was like no we're training as we're going to do it in the game so it'd be a lot of stopping, right? The back four needs to be there. This needs to be there. So when we sort of really mastered it, I think after 12, 18 months under Rafa, I think in, in, two, in, in his second season, we went 11 games without conceding a goal. Wow. After- and that was just like through work, organisation, when the ball's there, where they, you know, so a lot of repetition. It wasn't enjoyable mm-hmm. for people, but you saw the results on the pitch. See if Benitez had merely the man management side, he could have went on to win a front, I think. Thank you. Think so. Like a well, that's what, I mean, but as I said before, you can't sort of say he should have I had that. Know, it's just yeah. that was he, he, Benitez couldn't be a great man, man. He couldn't. Was he, was he cold with you as well? Yeah, because that that's his personality. It wasn't an act. 
that's him. You so when people say, oh, if he could, but he was massively successful in yeah. his jobs, wasn't he? It was like, and don't forget when I'm saying, you know, we just missed out on the league. Man, you did have more money, so Aye. when he was buying players, we had to get it exactly right. They could maybe waste a bit of money and he could still go again. You know, so yeah. you're up against Chelsea as well, who had more money. So it was, it was always going to be tough to win the league. I can't imagine Benitez shouting at Plus, did he? No, I think he could. No. Did he know that? Well, you're no, right, but he never praised him either. Never praised him. Never, never shouted, no. Never he was, he was the same, no matter what. I would so he would never pull you in the office and go, brilliant no. the weekend? Never said that once to me in six years. So his team talks after games, if he's had a brilliant result, what would be said? Just well he, done. He'd look at things he'd never done well. He was always one of them, yeah. That would, I, I don't... Does that not get a bit Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. So eventually players in the end might go, oh, you know, that type of thing. And I, and I think... As I said before, Liverpool's a manager's club. That's why when Benitez, Benitez was, he was a god. It was all about Benitez getting the Champions League finals and still a, a god in Liverpool now, uh, the Champions League, uh, really. But he then went to sort of Inter Milan and Real Madrid didn't, didn't last long there. Yeah. And I think probably one of the reasons where his maybe personality or way of working probably wasn't for the real elite. I know we were we were a really good side, but we didn't have superstars in that those Liverpool teams. It wasn't like Ronaldo and, you know, the Inter Milan team had won the Europe. You know, all big... Basically, people who could cause problems for a manager. Yeah. We weren't that type of, you know, we were. Group. Yeah. Mm. Whereas, like in Madrid, in, in your Milan's are probably on another level in terms of like superstar players, uh, and that's why I think it was always going to fall down. Mm. See, if he's kept on drinking, they win the league. No, not particularly. Yeah. No, I mean we had Torres. Torres we? was there. Wasn't Torres. It? I just think in the what we didn't have, we were brilliant through the spine. We just didn't have a, an X factor in the wide area. We had really good players, but not. A Ronaldo, not a Ryan Giggs, you know, not a a, a Robin, you know, when Chelsea were winning leagues, you know, that type of yeah. sort of thing. Was how special was Alonso? Oh, Brilliant. I loved Alonso, man. What we knew straight away. Say? Yeah, he was well. Did you just pass him the ball? Huh? Yeah, he was. You knew straight away. He was going to talk about first couple of training sessions. You think, oh, we got a player. Wow. You just tell the way he passed it. What a midfield that is. He uh, would, he I would... mean, Xavi's actually best seasons for Liverpool. He was definitely with his first season and his last. So he's almost remembered even more fondly than probably what he did for Liverpool. He was brilliant for Liverpool. But for two or three years in the middle, he had injury problems. He brought Mascarano in. Sometimes he wasn't playing. So, you know, there was a little things going on. Because his first season was so good, everyone was like, Alonso was amazing. He's a great player, which he was. And his last season before he left, he was amazing. So that's the last memory everyone have of him. Yeah, yeah. You see, so he sort of thought of so highly, uh, really, because he timed it perfectly to have his best seasons, really. What was he like as a guy? Great guy, is he? Brilliant, one of the best. What just loves football? Uh-huh. Yeah, I speak to him now uh, a lot. Exchange texts. He, he's going to be a coach. He'll be, he'll be a great manager, I think. I really do. I mean, people talk, always talk about Stevie for Liverpool, and the way Stevie's going at, at Rangers now, I think that's inevitable. That will happen. Uh, some what being the Liverpool manager? I yeah, think. I think so. I think so. I think he's he's not yet fully proven himself. He can manage Liverpool. He's got to win the league. He could end up winning the treble this season as well. That could be even worse. <laughs> he's out to one of the cups as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he'll win the double. Uh, so if Stevie proved himself as being successful, I think I, I think there's a chance Xavi Alonso could be a Liverpool manager as well. You wow. know, in the future. See on Stevie Gerrard. See if he's now that could be wrong here. If he's looking at Alonso, did Alonso go to Real Madrid for Liverpool? Yes. Yes. And then went to Bayern. Yeah. So then he's won leagues with both, I think, or Champions League, whatever. Do you think Gerard maybe looks at it and thought, maybe I should have left? I don't think so. I mean, Stevie's a local lad, isn't mm-hmm. he? And he, he's, uh, you know, even now with, with the Rangers management, his family have stayed here. And, and a lot of Liverpool people are like that. They don't move away too much, uh, to be honest. So, no, I don't think he thinks that. I think, uh, you know, he could have moved before missed out in the Champions League. There's no doubt he would have won a lot more if he'd have left Liverpool. 
Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I, I, I just think there's something special. And I think Stevie Gerrard's respected more around the world or in Europe for the fact he stayed at Liverpool when they know he, could he was better than yeah. Liverpool for the right. most of his career where he, you know, he, he was. And I think sometimes it's, he's more iconic now right. in that he, you know, he stayed at his hometown club. He won the, he played one of the most famous games of all time, the Champions League. That's not everyone remembers anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think rather than going somewhere to Chelsea and winning the league three times or going to Madrid and winning La Liga three or four times, yeah, it would have been amazing for him. But the way he's actually seen now, I think he might actually get more respect. He's actually right. He's as iconic, isn't he? He is Liverpool, aren't you, when you think about a player. Uh, what about the rivalry with Mourinho's Chelsea? Amazing. I love that. How, how, how naughty would it get? Would you fighting that in the tunnel? No, no. I mean, it, 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 that time, at that time, if you remember, you had sort of, there was us, Arsenal had almost just dropped off a little bit and it was us, Chelsea and Man United. So, Chelsea's two top boys were English, you know, Frank and, and JT. It was seen as it was me and Stevie. I think at United, it was Rio and Rooney. Really, so it was a real, it was difficult sort of when you went to England, you know, you you're going into those big games, semi-finals, a lot, lot at stake. And uh, no, there'll be nothing like that in the tunnel. But there was plenty of things said in the build-up to games and after games with, you know, Mourinho and different things. Mourinho, it was like, uh-huh. it got to the stage where you wanted to be Chelsea more than Man United. Do you hate them? Did it get to that? We did then. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they hated us, yeah. Yeah, I think it did get that nasty with them. As I said, they, they overtook Everton and, and Man United for me in terms of wanting to beat them. Uh, and that's why Stevie going to Chelsea was such a bad thing or... Torres going to Chelsea it was like yeah. you can't go there you know uh, but it was I mean what we did was I, I used to always think uh, Man United and Arsenal fell into a trap with Chelsea in that Chelsea were not were, Mourinho and Benitez were similar managers in their idea and Ferguson and Wenger were similar in that they wanted to be more attacking and better football so they play Mourinho at, at like their normal game and he'd just sit back uh, and kept and Whereas we used to play Mourinho at his own game, and we'd say, "We're not attacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do?" You know, and a bit like so, the games were probably terrible to watch, but they were so intense because you knew only one. Whoever scored the first goal, the game was done. Yeah, you knew if you conceded the first goal, you knew we're not going to win this game. Remember that ghost goal? Ah, the... yeah, brilliant, wasn't it? Oh, unreal. I was actually just thinking. It wasn't, it was it? I hope it wasn't in. <laughs> <laughs> but Mourinho ever said it to you, players? He, he says it to Luis Garcia a lot when he sees him because. Luis Garcia was at Barcelona and Mourinho was at Barcelona. So you know each other from Barcelona. He was the assistant manager, wasn't he, Mourinho? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, he always asked Luis Garcia, was it over the line? Does he, yeah? Yeah. But see why all the rivalry was happening when you were walking off the pitch and that with Mourinho? Oh, no, no, not, not like that. I can't remember that. But I had something with Mourinho in the first year, in a cup final, uh, just before those semi-finals. He beat us in the Carlin Cup final. And uh, do you remember he put his finger to his lips, the Liverpool yeah. fans, no. And I was right there, so we were sort of arguing then and that. But I, I love Mourinho. I can't help but not like him. He's, he's, he's mad. He does upset people, but he, he'd come on Sky with us. But I think he's good for the uh, the Premier League. You want him in there. He's gonna come, you watch his press conference. He's going to come up with something mad. He's going to say something. He's going he's gonna to spice you up at the end of the season if they're in the title running, isn't he? Yeah. You know, mind games and that type of thing. And I love all I think that. he's a genius. Did you ever have a chance to leave Liverpool? No. No, I don't remember. I always joke about this, but no one ever really came in for me or I had a decision to make. Or that's doing Marshall's hope was. Yeah, exactly. Not doing his job. <laughs> uh, but it was it was more near the end of me career. Rangers actually. Uh, Ali McCoist was the manager. <laughs> he did. Yeah, did, I mean, he didn't like didn't get in touch with me. It wasn't a case of like 
putting a bid into Liverpool or nothing like that. It was it was like, would you be interested? Nah, and I was like, no, not at all. And Wigan, <laughs> Wigan with the Roberto Martinez. So in my last season, you're better than that. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I, well, good job. I never found out about that, but I, I get on well with Roberto. We work together on, on TV. But he, he he told me, and I didn't know nothing at the time. He tried to sign me for Evan when he first joined Evan. No uh, way. Yeah, from Liverpool, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said the chairman was having none of it. <laughs> Bill Kent, I wouldn't have gone anyway. But oh, Bill Kent, the Evan chairman Bill, was having none. He was no chance. Jamie can't get over here. Uh, so yeah. No, what I was thinking there, side was it was on. I remember how hard was Drogba to play against then. I mean, he was amazing. Yeah, he, was, he was amazing. And the thing with Drogba was, I actually played, would you believe, I played against Chelsea 47 times in my career. Wow. wow. 47. How many professional games did you play? All <laughs> no, tell oh, us. <laughs> I played, it was... Uh, 34? 34, I think the fucking majority of them were sub-appearances. I bet you never had to play fucking drug with him. Was he the toughest? No, I'm the toughest. I actually, people, I mean, I, I had my best games. If, my, if I think of some of my best games for Liverpool, they were against Drogba. They were in those big semi-finals. And, but Drogba, I always say this to me, uh, to players and, and my son sometimes as well. Sometimes the centre-forward can play well. It doesn't mean you've had a bad game. Yeah, uh-huh. And that was Drogba. So when sometimes people say, oh, Drogba's amazing, he's Liverpool, I think, we didn't score that many. And there was a lot of nil-nil, so he must have done all right. But I get what they mean by... He, if he, he could play well, wait, you couldn't sort of stop him. He, 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 I remember him scoring a goal at Stamford Bridge where he chested it. Spun. Spun and just Bang, followed it in a bit. Like, it doesn't mean you've made it. What can you do? What can you do? Yeah, exactly. You've done so your job her. That, that was his type of game. But but I used to love playing against Drogba because it was almost playing... You know when you, you've got a good player in training who's on your team, but you're training against him every day, so yeah. he makes you better. Because we played Chelsea that much, it was almost like you were playing against a teammate. It wasn't like you'd have to wait six months to play him. You know, you'd be playing them sort of like six times a season because we always got them in Europe and, and stuff like that. And he was, you know, we had some brilliant battles and get on really well now Aye. outside of football. Was, was there any strikers you, you hated playing against? Because see, when you look at Vidic, Torres tore him apart. Uh-huh. And Vidic was amazing, but it seemed to be yeah. when it was just Torres, he just couldn't deal with him. Yeah. Henri, that Henri was the one for you, wasn't it? Yeah, but not, not so much at centre-back. It was more at right-back. Because he'd right. pull it left. Yeah, but then you had Ashley Cole, you had Perez. It was just like... What's going on here? Yeah. You know, it was just like, and he was lightning. I mean, it's worse for a fullback pace wise because that centre back, you've got your goalie behind you. Sometimes he can come out and save you. A fullback, you've got to run to the corner flat. You know, yeah. he's got loads to run into. So that was a problem against Arsenal. And they were the best team I've ever played against that Arsenal team, I'd say. But just players like uh, Carlton Cole or Bobby Zamora or, you know, just like, just like six foot three. Yeah. Long balls all game, elbow, you know, Kevin Davis, just like. He couldn't wait for them games to finish. Was there ones that you'd always argue with? Uh, you know what? I, n- I used to argue with my own team. I never got involved with the opposition. Did you know that? No. And I, never. Why? Because ne- you were so concentrated no, on your yeah, team? I, I, just, I was irrelevant with the opposition. I never... You'd never see me. You, you wouldn't find a clip of me going head-to-head with anyone on a football pitch. It all, m- might be once or twice in my whole career. I just... I never used to get frust- wound up by the opposition. I used to get wound up by my own team. Right, okay. Yeah, so Big I never... Dunk, I'd love to have seen you against Big Dunk. Well, wow. he was... He was, uh, he was scary. He was enough. my first derby. My first Merseyside derby, I marked Big Dunk. Did you? So when I was 19, I was centre-back. He scored. We drew 1-1, but I was I was seen as... I did okay, I did well against him. But I, Duncan's career was sort of... 
not finisher, but he was more coming to sort of being a squad player as I was really getting in the Liverpool team. So he'd be more of a sub coming on. And you'd always want him to come on because you'd, you'd be winning if he was coming on. Coming on yeah, if he yeah. wasn't coming on, you probably had a problem. So you wanted him to come on in some ways. But he was uh, the first one. So the second time I marked Duncan, and don't forget, I'm only 20 and I'm not the tallest. I'm only six foot. I'm not the tallest centre. I'm just under six foot. So I'm marking Ferguson because no one else has really got the bottle to mark him. So when I first got in the Liverpool team, it's all about the Spice Boys before. If we played Arsenal, I marked Tony Adams. If we played Man United, I marked Yapsam. I'm not even that big. Marshall, huh? I don't think Rudolph was playing to be fair, but I wasn't that tall. But I was like, I'll be up for the type of thing out. So I marked Ferguson because he was that good in the air. We said, well, okay, why don't we put, or the manager said, put Michael Owen on him as well. Almost one in front, one behind. Yeah. So on a corner, if he's going, to, he can't run for him. block him, him, block him yeah. off. So the first one, we've done it great and he can't move. So the second one, he's just, you can see what's going on. He's just going, fuck off. <laughs> Hit me right in the lip. And I've just gone like, whoa, what? And then the corner's coming. It's just like, whoa, what happened there? <laughs> So then Michael Owen comes in at half time. He went, Are you okay? Are you okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> he obviously can't speak. He's up front. I'm at the back. He hasn't spoke to me since. You know what? I, like, I can't believe what I've just seen. I was like, Oh, it's fucking hell. Don't worry oh, about that, it. That dunk, man. Right, mate. The best bit Champions League final. That is the greatest game of all time. Actually, I'm convinced. Aye, I think that is. The Man United banner was amazing, but. To be free now, doing it. Where did you watch that? Do you remember where you watched it? I was in my digs in Glasgow watching it. I was in the house and I think everybody said, I think was was a Liverpool fans leaving at half time. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even like Liverpool at the time, but I was still jumping up and didn't when Liverpool scored. I just mate, it was see at half time when news were in there. Did you almost think it was done? Yeah. They were amazing. Yeah. They were an amazing team. Brilliant, man. Remember the goal cack at a crespo and he yeah, dink. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, as I said, we weren't a great team. We, we finished fifth in the Premier League that year and I think everyone was looking at us thinking, you know when you see like a, probably a bit, and you see an average team get into a cup final and they're average in the league but they'll beat some big teams on the way and that's what we were doing. We, we beat, uh, beat Juventus who won the Italian league that year. We then played Chelsea and beat them. It's a bit like, how is this going? Can we keep that going? Oh, it's another team there. And I think a lot of people were a bit like at half time. They finally. This is us done. Well, we see. We, we now got. We can see what level they're at, really. Because we weren't. We weren't a great team. We were miles away from sort of. We finished thirty-seven points behind Chelsea. Won the league. Thirty-seven. Wow. Wow. So it was a poor league. That's when people say to me, "Your greatest season." That season was not great in a lot of ways, really. It was just the Champions League run. It was almost like, yeah, a mad team going on an FA Cup run, getting to the final, and that's what it was like. And uh, it was almost like you finally met your match, or where, yeah, that's what we are, really. You must be proud that you've won a Champions League in a bad back four with Jimmy Traore. No, no, no. Well, listen, I'll tell you a story about Jimmy Traore. He uh, he had a really difficult first. We all did. But when I was doing the uh, watching back the game for the book, he, he had a really tough first yeah, half. He did that. a really, really bad one. And at half-time, Benita says to him, you're coming off. Go in the shower, you're off. I'm subbing you. So then Finnan had a problem with an injury. So the physio came out and said, he, he, he can't continue. So then Benitez thought, well, I can't, I can't take two people off. So he then told him to get back out. Wait, Finn was he in the shower at this time? He was in the shower. No way, he came back and put his kit on? Yes, so he then... Wow. So if you actually look at Jimmy Traore's second half performance, an extra time performance on the back of how poor he was first half, what that must have done, the manager then wants to bring him off. 
It's amazing. And then he goes out and performs how he did in the second half. So he should have had a shower before every game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did, did he just rejig it at half-time, didn't he? Is it? Yeah, so why was actually supposed to go to left centre-half. We were always going to go three at the back, and I think Finnan was going to go right centre-back. But then it was like, you go on the right, Traore go on the left, uh, basically. Uh, so that's how it, how it happens, really. So, yeah, no, I've got nothing but respect for Jimmy in that game after that, because, I mean, you had to be all over yeah. the place, wouldn't it? See, on half-time, did you, uh, Stevie Gerrard, speak to the team or anything? No, I mean, I, I've heard some bullshit about this half-time. <laughs> Even some of the players who were in there. I think Jibreel Cissé said, uh, yeah, TV, Stevie told all the staff to go outside, and he gave this big talk, and he's just like, no, we never. <laughs> Imagine Benitez going outside, like, just, <laughs> I mean, so, to be honest, I, I have got my own version of what happened at half-time, and it's almost like, there's that much myth and stories about this half-time, you sometimes question your own one, yeah. and did that really happen? I'd almost love to go back, and sort of see exactly what did happen, because I think everyone's got their own sort of, little uh, take on it. When did you start to, like, see when the first goal goes in, do you actually think we can do this now? No, do no. I, when I do you start to believe? 3-2. Two, 3-2. Three, two. Three, two. But that's like... Could you see even... Sorry to interrupt you, but could you see even the top players at Milan starting to doubt yeah, themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just... Yeah, it just everyone's human. It doesn't matter how good a yeah. player you are, but I think 3-1 was just, was hope. You know, like, we've got a goal. The, the scoreline looks more respectable. 3-2 wasn't like we could do it. 3-2 for me was we're doing it. And not we're doing it as in we're winning. This is going 3-3. This is like... This is, this is happening. When you get a goal that quick, it's like... Right, get the ball. No one celebrated the goal, if you notice, at 3-2. Yeah. Everyone runs back, you know, to, like, get the game. It's a bit like, this is happening. You know what I mean? And it was just... You don't... You should be on football pitches, you know. It's just... Sometimes you don't even have to speak to people. You know, you've all got the same... They've, uh, right, get the ball back. Right, let's go. We're going. You know what I mean? This this is this is happening. Uh, Do you get goosebumps? Huh? Yeah, I mean... I mean, when I look back at it now, I mean, we, you get asked about it so much... Uh, Really, and it was it was interesting. I mean, it, it is the game I've watched more than any other, obviously. But when we watched it, you know, to uh, keep mentioning the book, <laughs> when I watched it for that, you still spot things, little things. And my son spotted something I'd never seen that uh, AC Milan went to a back, you know, something tactical with the book. But they they changed when we went to a back three, got it back to three three. Then they changed for extra time. I didn't, I never really noticed it uh, before. So you're still spotting little things that. Uh, you know, when on the game. But the thing that I find mad is <coughs> the with, with the, the players and everyone, when you're on the pitch yet you're playing, but you're not you're not talking to them. It's like the game's going on, and you're talking it. Not until you sit back in that dressing room at the end of the game. The last time you've sat together it was 3-0. And yeah. you've come back in with the cover, and it's a bit like Wow. What the fuck? How has that happened? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because like you don't stop and think, oh my god, this is 3 3 and think about what's going on. It's like it's just mad, isn't it? It's just I- I've seen a lot of unbelievable things, Simon and Jamie, and some your performance in extra time is one of the greatest I've ever seen. The way you have thrown your body in front of absolutely everything. See, where did you find the energy then? Was you not were you not camp, was you not camping up as well? Yeah, it's done. Run the uh, how could you? How where are we finding that to keep going? Oh, listen, I did it. Don't get me wrong, but if you were in that position, you're not coming off with cramp in the European Cup final. You, you, you get slaughtered for the rest of your life. You, you, right? Exactly. You just you're carrying on. Yeah. Uh, it was in extra time as well. There was no there was no thought of me of, of coming off. That would never have yeah uh, happened uh, really. Yeah, you, you're hanging on at the end. You know, we're all hanging on. We're you know we. What are you going to do? You fight for it, your life. Did Dick not get one right off his boat? 
I think so, but I think Andy, yes. Andy, did, did Andy, I think somebody said, when I come to it, said that it's almost like Liverpool's name is written on the trophy. Did you? That was the Judah save. save. Did, did you have a feeling of that? I don't think you think so much like that in the game, nah. really, to be honest. And uh, I think I think it definitely takes the pressure off when you go to the penalties. In that, even if they'd have won, people would have still said, how the fuck did they get to penalty? Yeah, it's almost yeah. like, oh my, you know, we've all been there in games where you've almost threw it away. And for us, we were like, that game was going to be remembered no matter what, wasn't it then? Yeah. It was like, now you still want to win the penalties, don't get me wrong, but I don't think we were maybe as nervous as then. Were you on, on a the pen? penalties? I no. I Benitez come round was checking who wanted one. And uh, I said, Yeah, I'll have one. And uh, he said when, no. Yeah, no, he just walked past me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but no, that Stevie was fifth. So Benitez always had this thing that your fifth penalty taker needs to be someone who can handle the pressure. And and if you remember a couple of years ago, Ronaldo and Portugal did the same. And the shootout never got there and Portugal went out. So their best penalty they can never took one. Stevie never took one in Istanbul, but we won. So I'm I'm not sure on that theory of of like almost like Uh, you know, you're cool because it might get there. Really, but Benitez was brilliant on the penalties and that. If you notice, Alonso never took one and he took one in the game. He missed, didn't he? And then got the rebound. Yeah, Yeah. that's why he didn't want him to take it. He said that'd be in your head that you missed. And the keeper'll know where you wanted to go. You know, just the one person who missed was the was the player who played 120 minutes, John Anarisa. So Benitez's big thing on the penalties was, even though it's only a run up five or six yards, who's fresh, who, who's, who's not tired, who's had cramp. So he said to Lewis Garcia, no, you've had cramp. I don't want you to take one. So wow. the subs all scored. Right. So Didi Aman scored. Uh, Gabriel Sisi came on and scored. And Vladimir Saisa was a sub and scored. You know, so when people talk about practice and penalty, right. yeah, he practiced them. But you can you just don't know how it's going to end up. So subs aren't going to think they're going to come on and take a penalty in a shootout. That's me. I've never thought of that. Fair, fair yeah, yeah. That, See uh, when when Dudek saved it, was that the? Can best I just feeling? say Shevchenko's penalty was pathetic, wasn't it? Was that what, was that a wee dink or something? Was that we thought it wasn't? It wasn't yeah. a dink. It wasn't a. It was a. Drink full of diarrhea, wasn't it? Yeah. bottled it. I, I've got a theory on that because two years before Macy Milan won a penalty shootout to win the European was Cup against Juventus, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. at Old Trafford, he scored the winning penalty. Right. He runs up and smashes it in the corner, and, and you know against Buffon they win. And uh, I think that that game was almost for Shevchenko to win the European Cup. It was like Shevchenko was the best striker in the world. Crespo would scored two. He missed the chance to win the game against Dudek, and I almost think he wanted to show everyone how good he was or like how clever he was because yeah. he's taken a penalty in that situation two years before and smashed it. Why would you do something different? And I just don't know if the fact he hadn't scored in the game, he missed a big chance, almost like oh, he wanted right. to show off a bit or I don't know, I might be totally wrong, but to try and dink a keeper when you're actually losing in the shootout as well. Yeah, that's crazy. And I just didn't know if it was something like uh, his head was all over the place and it was like, oh, I haven't had the game, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, I might be wrong, but... So you, what did there. you feel when you just see him say just the best ever? That's the like I just people say to me, what moment do you want to go back to? It's uh-huh. that. It's that moment. Better than sex. Well, better. Uh-huh. Did you sleep the Champions League? You're not doing it, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> did you sleep the Champions League trophy that night? Like, did you take it back to your room, were you? No, Stevie did. I saw he did. I saw he did. Stevie did, yeah. <sighs> did did you, you? Sorry. What you I mean? was we celebrating just for going mental for days. Yeah, it was a five-day bender, yeah. So and that Istanbul? was a Wednesday. No, no, we come back the next day. So we Istanbul that night. Did you get a fake strip in Turkey? 
A what? A fake football strip. No, it's a fake seed. <laughs> Do, you spot your, you know Do you spot your dad in that in the crowd straight away? But that was a mad one, that. It wasn't my dad I got. I got my brothers and my cousins. Just Because when Dudex uh, saves it, I run to him, but I'm not, I, I hated them at school. You know them pylons when you find yourself at the oh, bottom yeah, and I fucked them off. <laughs> so I jumped on Dudex and just carried on running. Jumped right over the hordes and ran into the crowd. And I didn't know where the tickets were. And just like... All my, all my like family and that were there, so I got some great shots of that, uh, really. And then we, we Istanbul that night. We went to where uh, you mentioned the news bar before. We went to another one called the Sir Thomas, so the same guy owned it, uh, Paul Flanagan. And so we went there. So that was Thursday. We had the homecoming, which was unbelievable. Like a million people on the streets, it was unbelievable. And then Friday was uh, what was Friday? I went to a mate's theatre. who was an Evertonian, <laughs> so I was going there. Saturday was Struan's wedding. In Glen Eagles, so I was oh, lovely. bladded there. And Sunday was like a barbecue with like the fans or lads of a new went to game and then and that was me done. What What's a... your best feeling on a football pitch? Lasting fucking half an hour. Useless what you subbed up before that. Oh I was <laughs> hopeless. Oh I'm minging. Tell me a story about you coming on after five minutes to go. Oh no, nah, man, that's fucking keep it. I was rubbish. I don't deserve to talk this much, seriously. <laughs> By the way, do you know what I've noticed though, there's no pictures there. Uh... Where's, the, where's the trophies in the Champions oh, the League in that? Uh, is there a trophy room? I've got, I've got like a snooker room and a few couple of bits there. Okay, but I'm actually moving them. We have big pals here, John Higgins, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually uh, moving them uh, next week, actually, to Liverpool's uh, museum. Oh wow! I thought I'd better get them in there before this current crop finish, and they put all theirs, <laughs> and there'll be no room for me. I'm gonna forget me then, so I better get in before Big Verge does. He's right. fucking brilliant. Isn't oh, Van Dyke's great, isn't he? Yeah. You'd have see. Used to imagine you Together. alongside. Because, but in fair, the boy Gomez is, he's good, but yeah. it almost feels that like anybody that comes in beside Van Dijk can end the play. Yeah, it. and I always think that's a, a sign of a great centre-back, they make other people look better, the, the great centre-backs do, you go back to Tony Adams with the Arsenal back four, everyone talks about the Arsenal back four, you know, they weren't great players, they weren't, there was a great unit, and a lot of that was Tony Adams. Yeah. See, just on that Istanbul, sorry, Not you said all. like Benitez was quite cold, surely after that game it was a hug brilliant lads. Yeah, but I mean, he's not. No, I mean, he's like he'd be laughing and smiling, but he's he, he isn't that person. He couldn't do it. Would you never even get a drink with him after that game? Why not? No, he'd be with his missus or something. He's very distant from players. That's his way of doing it. He's very cold. He just want you know. He's very, you know. That's that's the way he was. Imagine he just went wild for one what? night. Yeah, <laughs> run a bit naked with tire in his seat. That's cloth. That's what cloth does. Uh, yeah. That was brilliant. Cloth dancing and that. Yeah. After, wasn't it? Uh, right. Two thousand eight. Two thousand nine. Torres arrives. Did you think you could win the league at you? No, not really. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, no. Torres arrived the year before, so we didn't think we could win the league that year. No, we didn't because <coughs> we were still a little bit away from Chelsea and Man U and that, that season was, I wouldn't say it was a surprise, but we did make a bit of a jump, really. To re we finished above Chelsea that year, but Man U obviously done us for the league. We only lost two games all season, you know, and it was draws that killed us, really. So I know that it was a Liverpool team a, a couple of years ago when you lost one. Uh, they got 97 points, we got 86. 86 would normally win you the league. Man, you got 89. Uh, and that's what I mentioned, like Ronaldo. Uh, that's, but Torres had a lot of injuries that season. I think if he'd have been fit, we might have just done it because we drew a lot of games at home. See, if you were a manager, would you play mind games? Oh, I love it. Man, Fergie had Benitez all over the place, didn't he? What was that one again, Ferguson? Benitez came out, was it a press conference? Bit fat. What did you, did you just react badly to him doing it? Or did well, you not really care? I mean, I just... I, I didn't react badly. I was just a bit like, I just was bizarre. You know, why? 
I was, I was just doing, you know, when you sat at home. But were you sitting watching it in the scene? Yeah. I was just watching it. It was just like, what? I was just laughing my head off, thinking, what the you fuck? You just went a bad run after it, didn't you? What's that? You just went in a bad run after it. Well, we drew the next day at Stoke, nil yeah. nil. And then there was obviously all Stoke in the press. And man, you won that Sunday. Benitez was trying to put pressure on United or a referee for their big game on the Sunday, which was a home to Chelsea. And man, you won it 3 0. And uh, we drew nil there at Stoke. So straight away, you can imagine all the headlines yeah. there. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact results were after it. Did you have uh, any much dealings with Ferguson? Did you ever speak to him? I met Ferguson for a lunch for about three hours, me, just me and him, yeah. No oh, way. Yeah, he, he wrote me a letter when I uh, retired and Michael was still at the club. Oh, no, Michael wasn't at the club. Michael obviously knew him. Or he had a horse at Michael's stables or something. So, because it was a nice letter to me about retiring and, you know, the career I'd had. And uh, I said, you know what, you, you know, he only lives an hour away. It's not like he, he's, he lives an hour away. He's only in Manchester. I just said to Michael, see if he'd have a meal with me and we'd, we'd chat about football. Because, I mean, I was always a big admirer of Ferguson. I read all his books and, yeah, there was the rivalry there. But just where he'd come from, Glasgow, and that tough upbringing and, and to manage a club for that long and that. I had so much respect for him. And, uh, yeah, we had a couple of hours. Yeah, two or three hours we had in, a, like, a hotel in Manchester that he uses. Yeah, it was good. Was it good? Brilliant, yeah. Did you have a glass of red wine with Ferguson? No, because I was driving. Oh. Uh, so I drove up there. It was a lunch. A few hours, yeah. I would, uh, I would have stayed there all day with him, you know, just talking stories and football. Did he say you liked as a player? Pardon? Did he say you liked you as a player? Yeah, yeah. But it's bound to say that, isn't he, when you're having a meal with me? Uh, <laughs> Who paid? But no, I think... He, I, I always, I wasn't scared in saying in interviews how much I respected him, though I was a Liverpool player. So I think he always knew... I, you know, and he, he always spoke well of me and uh, different things. He's always, I remember one time I was having murder in the tunnel. Yeah, uh, about 2006, seven. Like the tunnel, not now, but the one before. Have you ever played at Anfield? No, yeah. no. We've never so when you went when you went down the steps, you see you go down, and then you, so that you go down, and then they'd go up. But like the dressing room doors are, we got that door there. The the closer than that, right. the two dressing rooms the way it used to be. So it was you'd get up to the top, and it was like it was just this door door. So it was so tight, yeah. really, and uh, I'd always wait. Because the referee always goes in last, doesn't he, basically? So I'd always sort of hover around, especially against Man United, because you don't know who's waiting for him or Ferguson. So Ferguson was at the top of the stairs waiting for the referee. So I, and he starts having a go, and I, and I just fucking slaughtered, you know, just basically, I don't know what, even what I was saying, but it was more just to drown him out so the referee wouldn't know what he was saying yeah, or yeah. trying to influence him and, and stuff like that. Uh, really, but I, I think he quite enjoyed it. Did he speak about that at the meal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, That's amazing. You just laugh about it, but no, I, I think he's Gary Ferguson. I do. See, um, Torres, right? This is the bit I kind of get, right? Because he was one of the best strikers in the world, no question, but how, he's almost, did he just lose his confidence completely? Uh, at Chelsea, even. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he, he wasn't great at Liverpool at the end. He wasn't, and uh, we, we couldn't believe we got 50 million. We couldn't believe Why it. Why do you think that was so that he just... Well, he had a bio clause, but he wanted to leave and he, he pulled his hamstring in the World Cup final, if you remember. He come on sub. He pulled his hamstring. I think he was really... Even though he won the World Cup, I think he was really down about it and upset and, you know, he, you know what I mean? He wasn't the main man for Spain anymore. He then pulls his hamstring. The whole world's watching. Uh, he's, you know, we've seen his injury prone the last couple of years. So, and Rafford had left. And uh, so he come back, basically. No one really wanted him because he pulled his hamstring and stuff. So, he gave us almost like six months, but he, he didn't try a leg really. Did he not? Uh, not really. Would you say the one game he did was Chelsea at home. We beat them 2 0. 
And you know, and he just said to. So then they come in and paid 50 million for him. Would you ever say to him, come on, get moving, man? Yeah, me and I had a few words at Goodison, actually, one game where I, I was full-back. I looked up and, and Goodison's a really tight pitch. Not much space, so people, someone's always on you. And you need to just look up, I need the second to make a run, to make a pass. And I'm like, he hasn't run. I'm like, I'm holding on. Someone's just gone bang. And I'm like, at half time, you know, like, well, listen, happens, it's football, yeah. you know what I mean? But he just didn't want to be there. Nah. He didn't want to be, so it was better for everyone he moved on. Did, see, when he was at Chelsea, though, he almost carried on that same form. Right near the yeah, end but he got, it was a little bit similar to sort of Michael. And once he, he started pulling the hamstring, the pace... Pace was a big thing for him. And the pace it? was that big. He, he wasn't technically the greatest player, Torres. Right. If you watched him in training, you'd think, and he didn't know it was Fernando Torres, you'd think, was that? Really? Yeah, because everything's small, he needed space, he, yeah, needed, yeah. Yeah. he wasn't sort of like a real, if you had like a little possession, he, he could look awful, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And things like that, but he was amazing. He was, he was the best striker in the world for two years when he was at his peak with us. It's That's crazy. Mad, it? But uh, when Trump, mate, I, I, it doesn't matter who you are, your confidence goes. So you a player lose, did you ever lose confidence in your career? Yeah, it's the worst yeah, team have, in the world, mate. I, I don't, I don't think like six months I lost me or like a season or something like that. But you'd, if you had a bad game, yeah, or you had a poor game, or you, you, you know what I mean, you'd just be like, you'd always have to like come on. You know what Did I mean? Did you ever hide? Like, kid, on you want the ball, but you don't want the ball. No, no. <laughs> you look like one of them. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> See, on Benitez, was that the right time for him to go, Jake? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, six years at any club's a long time, and. Same with Julie. Every year with Benitez and Julie was exactly the same, really. But each year it just get better. It wasn't like it. Liverpool couldn't go from like not winning the league to like win, like going from fifth to winning the league and just throw a load of money at it. Yeah, we didn't have that sort of maybe something Chelsea could do or United could. So we had to sort of build each, and we just be getting better and closer each year, each year, each year. And you get to that stage where you finish second. The only next thing to do is to win the league. And both managers transfer things that season. As I said before were poor and we didn't just like not win the league we fell off a cliff yeah. so we'd get to second and then next year we finished fifth That's it. So, wow. so it was like you can't almost you can't like yeah. start that journey again you, you'd be in there six years you know so it was almost yeah I think six years yeah. I know you said about Hodgson obviously managed all in the world but when you lose a top manager like Benitez do you expect another massive name to come in? I think I think the the, the idea with the club with, with Roy Hodgson coming in was everyone knows Roy Hodgson's not the level of uh, Rafa Benitez as a manager but Rafa wasn't just the results. He, he was there was a lot of trouble and him fighting at the club. Obviously, he had the American owners, but you know, with chief execs, Rafa could be sort of Rafa was always head to head with someone within the club. Right. And I think you can get a people are okay with that when you're winning. As soon as you stop winning, they're like, you're a problem. Well, you're not winning, and you're causing us a problem. You yeah. know, so something's going to happen. I think it was almost a case of bring Roy Hodgson in for a year or two and get Liverpool back in the Champions League because we finished seventh. That year, last year under Benitez. So we need to, it wasn't a case of next year let's try and win the league. It was like, we need to get back in the top four. Roy Hodgson that year, or the year before, had actually taken four points off Liverpool. Who was that, Fulham? At Fulham. Yeah. So they beat us at their place, they drew at Anfield, and they got the UEFA Cup final. Wow. And they lost to uh, Atletico Madrid, who beat so us in did. the semi final. Uh, so we'd had a great season there, and it was someone I think who'd come and knows the Premier League, and almost like a, a steady Eddie. Can he get Liverpool back in the top four? I don't think. Anyone ever thought he was going to be Liverpool manager for five or six years? Yeah. But it just didn't start well at all. We weren't even close to Champions League. Why was that? Did you say Bob's uh, not having him? Supposedly he I does a lot of shape, doesn't he? He does, he yes. That, uh, the play, I mean, I'm not sure he went that summer. Mascherano went very quickly. So you've lost Alonso one summer, Mascherano the next. Yeah. 
Torres didn't want to be there, really. Uh, a lot of the players weren't having Roy Hodgson. Because uh, of what he's coaching? I think, yeah, maybe. Or Personality. I'll, yeah, maybe a bit of that, uh, really. And I just don't think Roy was a manager for Liverpool. So no, the fans weren't having him. So every, every angle that you need on your side was sort of against them, really. So it, it wasn't going to last long. No, you would wouldn't you, see Roy in the news bar, would you? <laughs> Were you absolutely buzzing when King Kenny came in? Oh, yeah, Dalglish. Did Dalglish join in too? I was wanting to know that. No, no, but he used to join in training when I was nine. So his son was in the same. When I was a kid, I used to always play a year up. So his son was a year above me. Paul won it. Paul was at yeah. Liverpool, so I'd, I'd train with the. Oh, was he? Aye? Yeah, I'd train with the lads who were a bit older. So Kenny was the manager. So Kenny had come as like you know one of the dads, if you like, in his suit. He'd been at you know, Anfield all day or whatever up Melwood. So he used to watch, Kenny knew of me since I was like nine or ten. He used to call me Sharpie because I used to uh, be a centre forward and I'd, I'd turn up on my Everton kit and Scotland kit. Yeah. You had Scotland kit? I had Scotland kit, yeah. Are you, Scotland's an English group in the world, uh, Euros this summer? Yeah. Oh, I think Scotland will do them by the way. No, they go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had a Scotland kit because of Graham Sharp and Andy Gray, the two centre forwards at the time, around that time for Everton. So my nickname was Sharpie with, with Kenny Daglish when I was sort of there. So he, he's always known of me. Uh, so he would, he'd come to nine and ten year old training. It. Would he join in then? Did you say? Yeah, he joined in a couple of times. With yeah. the suit on? Yeah, no, but when he didn't have the suit on, but he, uh, yeah, he joined in a couple of times at the end. You know, he's Liverpool. He's Liverpool's manager. He was, he was possibly or was the biggest figure in British football at that time. Yeah. Liverpool were the best team. He was the manager. You know, Liverpool's greatest ever player. But he was just there to watch his son for hours training. Uh, take him home. So he used to join in with us for a bit. Yeah, that's amazing. Isn't it? Was he? Was he? Obviously, the first time he won the league. When he when he was the first time around at Liverpool. Yeah. See when he came back with you. Was was he a good? Was he good in the training field and stuff? Like, or was that? No, no he wasn't. He wasn't. Steve Clark was the coach. So the Scotland oh, manager right. now. He was the coach. He's a brilliant coach. Is he, yeah. And Kenny was a manager, a figurehead, if right. you like. And that was possibly going back to how we'd managed before, where he had Ronnie Moran and Roy Evans to do the coaching, and he was, right. you know, the manager. Uh, then so you can have different types of managers can work different types of ways but it was a completely different job first time around when he came in Liverpool were top dogs it was about keeping Liverpool up there this was about trying to get Liverpool you know four or five places higher up the mm-hmm. league with less revenue so it was always going to be a, diff- a different job did he sign Suarez was he the manager mm-hmm. then he was yes by the yeah. way Suarez is part, part, uh, part from Messi one of the, my favourite players of all oh, time it's unbelievable isn't it isn't it Seen training or that was it just the exact same. An animal. He was an animal in training every day. Me and him Did he kick you? As I said in half, did he kick you? Yeah, he was. He okay. never rested. He never missed a session. He was wow, brilliant. That's amazing, isn't it? He scored some amazing. Man, was it Norwich? You John Ruddy, didn't he? Every, every year against Norwich. Big John Ruddy was all over the place, <laughs> wasn't he? <man? laughs> yeah. Did we have hopeless? He used to chip him from the halfway oh, line, didn't mate. he? <laughs> scored up every single goal in him, didn't he? Uh, oh, was man. Suarez like a level above Torres? Then? I'd have Suarez at Torres, yeah. Yeah. What about Owen? No, I'd have Suarez, yeah. No, Suarez is the best striker I played with at Liverpool. Yeah, and also maybe what he's done after, you know, he went to Barcelona, what he's done for Uruguay as well, yeah. Do you think with the, if you had a world-class manager, that team, like Suarez and stuff, would have won the league? No, I think we had a world-class one in Benitez. I mean, he's won two La Liga with Valencia, he's won a Champions, Champions league. league with us, he's, you know, he's... Uh, no, I'd... I'd, I'd, I'd in some ways, I think that team might have slightly just over it. I mean, to only lose two games in a season. Yeah. I mean, the season before, we we didn't go close to winning the league, but we only lost four games in the league. So over two seasons in the Premier League, 76 games, we lost six. 
and we still never won the league. So it, it, it tells you how strong it was. Probably the strongest the Premier League's ever been. Yeah, I'd say because every year three three English teams would get to the Champions, Champions League. League seven, yeah. So for two, so that year we were better than Liverpool teams who won the league. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, knocking them or I'm not ashamed to say that. I believe for a fact we were better than lots of teams who won the league for Liverpool. It's just that the competition then when we were playing in that two or three years. Yeah. So we won the Champions League 05. Arsenal got the final in 06. 07 was us and we beat Chelsea in the semi and Man U got beat in the semi. 08 was Chelsea Man United in the final. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, it was always, always yeah. sort of that and that. And that's when I look back at when we were at our best. That was Chelsea. That was Chelsea's best ever team. That was Man U's best ever team. You know wow, what I mean? So yeah. the competition was really strong. Uh-huh. See, with Suarez, like he was quite controversial, wasn't he? How was he? How was he in the dressing room? Could he be a hothead? No, he was. He, he even like with his. If you seen him like with his wife and that, you could tell she was the boss. You know, she was like he was really. He was a bit scared of his missus and that really, and you know, and if you ever, he was just on the pitch and on training pitch, yeah, mad to win. Uh, but off the pitch, I mean, don't get me wrong, he, was, he wasn't shy, he was a bit of a character and that, but he was a, uh, no, he wasn't like a problem or like a problem in the dressing room or nothing like that, he was a great lad. Suarez sounds like you, but you're missing. <laughs> do, you still t- do you still talk to him now? No, no, I was not that close. I mean, he, was, he had sort of South American, Spanish speaking, really, so his English wasn't great, but yeah, he's chatting, it wasn't a case of what I'd be, he was like, I wasn't as close to him as I was to say Alonso. Because he could right. speak English and he was obsessed with football. So we used to talk about football a lot. Whereas Louis was more sort of stick with the Spanish speaking type of people. See, when Douglas got the job, I was desperate for him to do well. I, think, I, I, I genuinely think he's one of the guys. I'll tell you the story then about did. them too. He talked about language. So <laughs> Kenny does the team talk. And uh, he says uh, to Louis, so he's resting him. It's away at Arsenal, second game of the season. I don't know, I don't know if he, whatever. He said, you left out. Right. So Suarez thought he meant you're outside left. <laughs> so he didn't realise until like almost like the kickoff that he wasn't playing. I was like, what? So his kickers haven't squad numbers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was the thing with them two at the time, you know what I mean? It was just like, Kenny, you couldn't understand the word he said. And then when he spoke, he was like, fucking hell. Amazing, man. Uh, was it hard to see things not work out for Kenny, huh? Yeah, I think he was very harshly treated. Really, yeah. Because he was only there one full season. He'd done a great job coming in. Uh, sort of got us back on track after Roy. We almost made the Champions League. The next season, we got to two cup finals. Won one of them, lost the other one. And we didn't have a great league campaign when you look at it at the end. Because we were going in the cups, the second half of the season almost became about the cups. And we ended up finishing seventh, I think. But at one stage, we were about like seven or eight, about ten games to go. I think we were like fourth in the league. So we, we need to get in the Champions League. And I just think when you start getting involved in cup games and that and league games start getting moved, the focus changes. And I just think that sort of stopped us and probably didn't help him. Is he funny guy, Kenny Douglas? Yes. Is he? What, like dry sense of humour? Yeah. I mean, you can't have a normal conversation with Kenny. Everything's got to be like... Everything. Slagging you? No, but almost like a one-liner or something yes. or something. You're a bit like, let's have a laugh and then let's just have like a serious chat. And it'll be a bit like, <laughs> oh, and I'm just like, in the end, you're like, oh, fuck off, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I love a one-liner, but on a, a little bit of funny, but... Uh, right. But no, he's at it all the time. Onto the legend. He, this is his mate, by the way. One of his good mates. Do you know we're sending each other emails? Me and Brendan Rogers. Pictures, oh, in, yeah. pictures included. Mate, with top, so. <laughs> no, no. He's been sending me like a lot of coaching stuff and that. I mean, amazing. Was that your his first season, your last season at Liverpool? Yeah. Did you did you know it was going to be your last season? Yeah, I told Aye. him. First time I saw him. Did you? 
I told him on the phone, he phoned me when he got the job and I was in Dubai. So we had a good chat for half an hour, 40 minutes on the phone. And he said to me, do you want to be on my staff? I went, yeah, because I said, well, I'm, I'm leaving. I've, I've got a year. I said, Kenny was putting me on the bench last year, which which was fine. I understood. It was right. So he, he offered me a job and uh, I said, yeah, uh, it'd be good to sort of play a coach. Because people talk about coaching a man and say, why don't you do it or whatever? But you could take a coaching job on a man and you might hate the job. You might, you might like it. Yeah. So I told him, if I could have me last year where it won't do me head in as much if I'm not playing, because I'll have something else to concentrate and I can see if I enjoy it. Yeah, and then I met him face to face. He said, I've changed my mind. I just want you as a player. Okay, fair enough. You, you're the boss. You know, you have, you, you pick your staff. But I always wonder if that if he hadn't changed his mind, what would have happened for me as a manager or a coach? I'd have probably end up in coaching or managing. Celtic, you've been at Celtic? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <sighs> Steve, you're going at it now, head wow. to head. Wow. He could have been, 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 been the manager. <laughs> wow, Why do you think he changed his mind? I don't know. Have you ever, heard, brought... you ever asked him since No, then? no. Listen, I have no problem with it. I mean, I don't know. I... He brought my, uh, an ex-Liverpool player who was at the academy called Mike Marsh and brought him up. Now, if you actually look up at Jose Mourinho, every club he goes to, he always brings someone up from the youth. I think right. he's doing it with Ledley King, King now. That's right. uh, every, I think he's done it to Steve Clark when he was at Chelsea, right. moved him up. From the reserve. So maybe it was something along them lines or whatever. Maybe he spoke to someone and said, don't go near Carrie, you don't want him on your staff. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, I wasn't that bad. It was just like, okay, you know, and it, you know, here I am. See, I love Brendan Rogers right now. We've had uh, this thing, right? And I was really wanting to ask you this idea about teams that play for the back. Now, I think of its own, brilliant, right? But sometimes I felt with Rogers, it does it no matter who he's playing against. And I just want to ask you, as a centre half, as a centre half, would you like that? Always try to play it. No, no. I, I, I'm a big believer in playing out. I'm a big believer in you know all these coaches now who play out from goal kicks. That when you hear someone saying, if they lose the ball, someone says, oh, why didn't they kick it? Like, you know, all these coaches aren't wrong. Yeah. You know, every top coach does it, so it's the right way to play, and this is the way the game's going. It's getting more technical. I get that. I do. I just don't like it when people do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Where it's not working, or, or if you're coming up against Liverpool, yeah. the best pressing Norwich team in your... remember, Norwich, yeah. first game in the like, Premier League. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you do something Liverpool want you to do? I I, that's, I don't get that. Uh, I was quite critical of Arsenal the other day on Monday Night Football, because why would you push your full-backs high and wide when you're playing against the best counter-attacking team in the country at the moment with Son Kane? Who want I, these I, I spaces ahead. Exactly, I, don't, I, just, I just don't know why you do that. Uh, so... I get that, but I don't think that means you just smash it no, up the no. park. But there should be a little bit of... Leeds were really good against Liverpool this season on goal kicks, where they play short a little bit, entice Liverpool in. If Liverpool come too far, they go long. You know, just just mix it up, really. I'd I, I, I prefer that type Liverpool of did it well, don't they? They didn't play it for no, the back they, every time. No, yeah, no, I, think it, I think in everything, you should always mix something up to keep the opposition guessing. See, when you said he spoke to you about footy for a while, when you first spoke to him on the phone, did he impress you? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I think Brendan's the best British coach out there. Do you, I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, who is there at this moment? Do you think... Stuart a... Pearce. <laughs> 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 Do you think we, uh, he could be the next Man United manager? No. You know, do you think he's... I no think he su- could manage Chelsea or Arsenal. Right. I think the, the man you know because of the Liverpool connection, I think it'll be tough. I don't think he obviously managed Liverpool again. But I think if another British manager was going to get a go, I, 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 
Listen, I, I think Brendan Rodgers is a better manager than Frank Lampard and, and Mikel Arteta. He's got more experience. He's been in the he's been a manager more. He's, he's had ups and downs. He's he's been in the lower leagues. He, Celtic been playing in cup finals, winning titles, being in Europe. You know, Leicester now, Liverpool. You know, yeah. nearly winning the league at Liverpool. So he's done a lot in his managerial career, a lot mm. more than British managers. And some British managers uh, maybe don't play the football he plays. Now, you won't get a top job unless you play good football. Now, I'm not a big believer in saying this. You have to play this way, or this is the right way. There's lots of different ways to play and, and be successful. And it depends what players you've got and and where you are in the league. All these things, you know, mix in. But if you want a top job, you've got to be seen as a manager who plays open, expansive, good football. football. Yeah. And he does that. So, and I, and I and I think he 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 deserves another chance after Leicester. You know, if he keeps Leicester going with a challenge to be the top four. I think he deserves a chance. Uh, possibly an Arsenal or a, or a Chelsea in the future. What would say? You had a meeting with Rogers, remember that we sailed it. What is, see when he's talking about playing for the back? What is his reason for what always want to play for? What he always says that if you kick the ball up in the air, it's a 50-50 ball whether it comes back. Whereas if you play it, you can. There's more chance. And would he work on that in training every day? Yeah, he'd work on work on that a lot. Yeah. How would you? Is it just like eleven v eleven? Really? No. Yeah, it can be. It's like training more often than not is. Small, small bits of a game. So it's very rarely eleven v eleven training. It might be a back four work, might be attack right, work, right. might be a mix of both. It might be, you know, just the mid. You know, so you, you might be sometimes not all the players involved. Might just be the defenders playing out from the back and positional play you want to take up. But, but no, I mean, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't mind it. You know, sort of playing out from the back. I mean, I, I said to him when I first spoke to him, and he told me how he wanted to play, and it was like even more football than we've been brought up on at Liverpool. Liverpool, even though it's a good football club and you pass and move and all that, it was always about not doing stupid things. It was not like, so I could imagine Ronnie Moran and people in the past saying, we're so fucking stupid passing the ball around doing yeah. six yards. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and, I, and I said to him, when this works, it's going to be amazing. I said, but I said, I can't imagine us playing shite and winning. You know when you go away from yeah. home and play crap and you win? That's I think it. if we play bad, we'll, we'll, we'll get fucked. You know, you won't, you won't be able to sort of have that shitty game that you win you grind it, that was yeah. my only thing about it whereas you know it's very pure and that but actually this season Brendan Rodgers seems like he's changed a lot yeah. with Leicester I've watched him a lot of times where against Man City even at Liverpool even though Liverpool beat them they were very very deep playing counter attack it wasn't all about like we're going to dominate the ball we're going to be you know that, that type of team but I think you've got to do that when you've got you've got Vardy in the team you can do that can't yeah you? but he didn't do that initially when he first went yeah. I, I, I agree with what you're saying but what he's done this season in certain away games, I've not seen him ever do before as a manager. Mm. He never did it when he first went to Leicester. Uh, really, so it was, just, it was really interesting. He'd done it at Leeds when the, uh, we did it on Monday Night Football as well. He had success with it. Yeah, he was good that night. Remember the, the documentary when he first came in? Yeah. How did the players take to that? It was terrible, wasn't it? Shocking, mate, wasn't it? Yeah. Remember he slotted Sterling, didn't he? Yeah, I, but I, no, I, not so much Rodgers. I just mean the whole. It was crap. It was American, I, wasn't it? it was yeah. like, oh, I mean, I felt sorry for Rodgers to be honest. He's coming to a club. They're doing it. They agreed to do a documentary. The club. He's going to be the face of it because he's the manager. You know, and it's just like fuck it. Now. I, I think just, everyone was just watching that and couldn't wait for it to be over. Yeah, you know what I mean. Is it Sterling that Raheem Sterling answered them back, didn't it? Something. Yeah. 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 Was yeah. he a wee bit? So we talked about earlier about young players being a wee bit cocky. You don't mind that, but was he something with tea? No, no, at all. Not at all. No, very like quiet, very oh, quiet. Became so. I also also think the the perception of certainly a few years ago wasn't right. To be honest, I don't think it was. Well, certainly the one I knew, he was very quiet at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. So no, he, he was not like sort of in your face, loud. And no, he was a, he's brilliant, isn't he? Oh, he's a great player, isn't he? Brilliant. Scotland need to deal with having a World Cup, and that. 
Uh, Euro, sorry, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it'll be fine. Uh, right, retirement, mate. Sad day. Best day of my life. Was it? I was just sat here watching Sky Sports News and everyone was telling me how great it was. They told me how shite it was for 18 <laughs> months before it. So I always say that. If, you wanted, uh, if you're feeling down, the two best things... Is there no way you would go to a lesser team there? What's that? Is there no way you would have went to a lesser team no, and played for no, you there? No, no. No, I wouldn't want to do that. I, I think it's iconic to play for one club. I used to look at other players like Beresi or Maldini and, and just think of, not, not that I was anywhere near as good as them, but what I mean is you just you think of them in that shirt and I didn't want anyone to think of me in another shirt. And also, I think, as a defender, when you drop down, you're just going to make yourself look awful. Uh-huh. I mean, I see, I saw Rio QPR. QPR, uh-huh. uh, And I just, I remember speaking to John Terry on the phone, actually, and he he nearly got, I think Bournemouth wanted him as a player coach when he left Chelsea. I think he went, he went up going to Aston Villa. And uh, I've just been, and he, and he mentioned that, and I went, you know all them clean sheets you used to? He said, you won't be getting none of them. Uh-huh. Uh, you're playing for Bournemouth, you play open, you know, they're not great defensively. I said, you'll be there. I said, you'll look an absolute twat. You just will. You just <laughs> do you, will. Do you miss it? Playing? Mm-hmm. No, not really. Do you? No, no. no Even no. the banter changing room stuff? And... No, I was never big. I mean, everyone else says, oh, the banter in the dressing room and all that, but it's never as good as it's crap. I mean, if you've got a lad, like, that's why I say I love the treble team. That was, like, very British and a few of the foreign lads, whereas what come later was, you know, we didn't sort of have that camaraderie as much as like, you know, no one's going out on the ale and, yeah. you know, all that type of stuff. It's not like that. No, it's changed. You can still have a good dressing room, but, I mean, I go to a local boxing gym now. I mean, I'm a better crack in there than what I'm in the dressing room. Yeah. All different, you know, characters, cultures, countries, whereas that's just a lad, do you know what I mean? Aye. So, I think probably dressing rooms were probably a lot more, you, you'll get a lot more stories from like the 70s or 80s of people, the things that went on in dressing rooms and nights out and different things than you would do from this day and age. Uh, this is the last time I'm going to speak because I feel I've just keep on asking you questions too much. But see the the modern day game now, like the Premier League when you watch it. So when I was growing up, the Man United level uh, pool games were ferocious. I feel now sometimes the, the Premier League is obviously the best league in the world, but sometimes the games are one team gets the other team set off Back it. The corner, and, uh, do you do you enjoy watching that? I mean, to be honest, I I. I think it's good for me that even when I'm doing a bad game, I'll still sound enthusiastic. And it's not an act. I can always, there's always something in the game that can get me thinking or watching or something can always get me going in the game. But there's no doubt when when you look look at the games now, a lot more technical uh, ability in it. The pitches as well now. Uh, you don't see tackles, do you? I mean, it's no, just like... No. It is. It, it is completely... It is. It has been a massive change and I don't think it's ever going to go back. Do you think you'd be uh, as successful playing now as you were back then? Uh, that game sort of suited your style, didn't it? Yeah, maybe you're right, yeah. I mean, I think every, every player, I think, could... could ad- yeah. I always... I, I never like... I never say it. When you talk about someone like like a great player in the 60s or 70s, could he play now? Of course he could play now. Yeah. The play, the, the game's the way it is now. Not because like, the players are better. It's just that they looked after better. They've got better pitches. They've got better diets. So they're fitter. They can run longer. They're faster. They can do more things. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the body's not changed. You know what I mean? It's like players are still the same when they're born. It's just that. So imagine like Cruyff and Pele with like today's sports science and the better pitches yeah. and, you know, the tackle from behind. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I mean, Tommy Smith Tommy Smith used to say good on the famous Liverpool player. It's not whether we could play now. It's whether they could fucking play when we play. Uh, you know, you can look at it yeah. the other way. Because <coughs> you'd stand out more maybe nowadays because you're aggressive centre half you don't get them anymore no you, you don't I mean and, and I think centre half now is the toughest place to play on the pitch I really do 
Why? Just because fullbacks go so high and you're like, yeah, but, you, you, but you, you've got to defend 1v1. Yeah. You've got to be able to play from the back. You've then got to defend. You've got to keep clean sheets. It's almost like you start the attack and if it falls down, it's like, oh, we're not getting the service. It's starting from the back. Goal kicks. You've got to take the ball right next to your goal. So if you if you lose that ball, they're scoring a the goal. No one else on the pitch is under that pressure. Yeah. Uh, see, just on that, see, the season after you retired, because Liverpool nearly won it, Cole Turi came in and replaced you, didn't he? Yeah. Was there a stage that you thought, oh, fuck, I should have just waited one more year? Yeah. Was it? Every week. <laughs> did, did, did you really thought that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd wanted to win that. It was, it was a horrible season, because you, you, you're like, I'll be remembered here for not winning the... the, the almost like, the, you know the way Jimmy Greaves was almost the, the best goal scorer? I was almost remembered for not playing in the 1966 World okay. Cup. And I'm thinking... Liverpool in the, the league after 20, it would have been 25 then. I'll be remembered then for like, Mr. Aaron thinking, but you want Liverpool to win? And it was just like, oh, it was just tough. And then the way it ended as well, it was just like, oh my God, it was just there. But no, people always say to me, oh, you'd have made a difference to Liverpool fans. And that tells me that I made the right decision to retire because you always want to go out when they still think you're all right or you're a decent player. And I wouldn't have made a difference that season, I don't think. Tonight, so no. No, I mean, I was, I was 35, 36. I wasn't 26. Oh, but see, they brought you in at the end of the season. You know what? The I games think they were losing. Yeah, but I think I could have made a difference in the two games at the end. Not through defending, just through experience. Like, I think the Chelsea game, I could have made a difference in that second half. Uh, in terms of just talking to people and not yeah. people, not everyone panicked in that second half. People talk about Stevie slipping up, but they had another second half. They only needed to draw that game. They needed one goal against Chelsea. We, we were playing a weakened team. Yeah. It wasn't, and you were attacking the cop. So my mentality going into there was like, that would be no problem now. Of course we'll do that. Just make sure they don't score another one. Mm-hmm. And they just, just talking to people, just, they were shooting from stupid angles. You know, you're watching it and thinking, oh, I just need to be on that pitch to talk yeah. to people. And that's probably a frustration, probably why I look at management and think, if I was a manager, I'd be like a lunatic. But you can't get on the pitch and tell people. Yeah. So I think I could have helped in that game in the second half by almost calming people down to just keep doing the right thing and wait for the moment rather than going looking for some amazing moment to win Liverpool the league or get back into it. Because some of the things Liverpool did the second half there, it was astonishing really to watch a team who are on the verge of winning the league play like that in the second half. Last question. I would say just oh, before that season with Man City Liverpool, that's one of the best seasons. The two teams, how the quality, the amount of goals are scored. Yeah. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you look back in your career in football? Uh, I'm quite proud of it, really. I think I, I always think I should have done more. Do you? Yeah, I look back at my England career and like I, I didn't really have any England career really. I was the coaching. I think though with the England career, I did. I think no, I no, I, no. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have played more for England. The, the, the centre backs were better than me, but it was the only, it was the only team in my life. I didn't dominate. Mm-hmm. So from five years of age to playing for Liverpool, I was like, I was never sub. I was never sub for anyone. I was never sub for Liverpool in 17 years. Mm-hmm. And it was like, only, only like the last sort of 12 months because I was too old. But it was the only two. And I look back and think, why did... And England just didn't grip me as much as other things. And I think, is that was that maybe the problem? Or was, was it the flip side of knowing that it was always going to be difficult to move a Terry or a Ferdinand or a Sol Campbell when he was at his best? And it was almost like, well, don't get too worked up about it. You've got Liverpool to go back to rather than... If if I was a sub at Liverpool, that'd be like, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah. You know, that'd be like on my mind every second. Whereas I'd go to England and be sub. Didn't bother. I mean, I wanted to play, but I didn't... I didn't come back to Liverpool and I was, I was, I was at Liverpool. So, that, I look at that. So, I didn't... I, I, I wasn't like a, a top player with England where the way Stevie, Frank, John Terry and Rio was. And you know what? I wasn't good enough to be 
like one of those like real elite international players. Uh, Liverpool, I just look at things. I think we should have won more. I do. I mean, people say the league, but we never we never threw the league away. We're just not quite good enough. So yeah, it's a great. I'd love to have won the league, but I actually look at other like things like uh, like someone like Fernando Torres. So we've got the best centre forward in the world for a couple of years. Torres didn't win a trophy at Liverpool. Mm. So we had a great wow. team. And did, so Istanbul wasn't a great team, but that's, that's always remembered. 2009 was possibly the best team I ever played, but that, that team didn't win anything. Suarez only won a League Cup at Liverpool. Wow. So I actually look at those seasons and think, we should have nicked another, like, even like, don't say champ, but like, are you ready for Cup? So we get to the semi and lose to Atletico Madrid. Fulham was in the final. Now you might say, well, it's not the biggest, it's just another one. Yeah. Just keep nicking, you know, another, another FA Cup. We lost the FA Cup. My last cup final, I was with Kenny. And I was like, I, want, I, want, I need to win the cup. Because we'd won, I'd won three league cups. And I wanted three FA Cups, so it's like a night three of each. So we won two FA Cups, which is great. Yeah. But you think, fucking three and three would have been nice. You know what I mean? Just like little, 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 little things. You think, I'd love to have sort of done that, really. So I look back, yeah, I'm proud. I'm, the thing I'm most proud about is playing for Liverpool my whole career. Mm-hmm. Because... Not many people can do that in that, not that I was amazing, but the fact mentally to play for a top club, people find it tough, like the pressure or the, you know, the buying players all over the world, they get new managers, the whole world, there's Liverpool fans all over the world, they question how good you're at it. And it's hard to do, and I found it hard to, well, I dealt with it, but I've just seen people completely life old. So to do that for me whole career. How many like, games? Uh, 737. Not bad. Unbelievable. Yeah. But I, it's always my answer when uh, I always think of a manager as a pop at me. If I have a pop at a manager, they come back and say, oh, you've never been a manager, you don't know what the pressure's like or whatever. I say, fuck off, I've played for Liverpool for 700 games. Mm. You're only doing a press conference on your manager in West Ham in front of four people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Behave yourself to No one's even interested about working your team. Well, I've got um, one more question. Go on. Because your boy plays now, centre half. What kind of daddy do you get on him? No. No, what, don't, don't uh, say anything. If no, 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 I go. I, I'll speak to like when you're in that situation, that or that. If he does, if I, I feel he's not like ready or up for it, or I, I'd have, I'd go mad there. As long as he's always like he looks alive, he looks fucking, and he does more often than not. He, he's loud, he's aggressive. He's like me on the pitch. Yeah. He's loud, he's aggressive. So it was, they're they're the, like the basics. You've got to have that every game. I always say to him, make sure you're noticed every game. I say there's going to be scouts watching all your games. Not because someone's going to buy you high, maybe someone buying you lower. You don't know where your career is going to go. Yeah. But someone will always be watching. Make sure they go away the game and they go. I noticed them. You might have had a great game. Infection. Which be loud. Yeah. Be aggressive. Fucking makes you think. Fucking hell, who's that? You know. You, so do that. Uh, and the other bits of like the football bit of like because it's my position. When that happens, be careful. I've seen you do that. I remember everything he did in the game because I only watch him. Do you? So you don't watch the game. You I watch, watch the game, but if the ball's up there, I'm thinking, is he organising there or is he? Is he in the right position if we lose the ball here? Or, you know, I just put myself in his position. Yeah. What would I be doing there? So, things like that. So, yeah. Would you love him to be your dad? Best guy ever. <laughs> yeah, amazing, mate. I can't believe like, the amount of time you've gave us. Amazing. Two, scum- very much. two scumbags. I was sold only 45 minutes. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Tell me about the book one last time. Best book in the world. I really, really, I'd say the best guy in the world. Amazing. Best three years of my life, I think. Yeah. That was amazing. Read the book. What, <laughs> po- is it the podcast still going on it? Yeah, so we had, well, it comes out on Thursday, so we, we had Sam Warburton, we've got Roberto Martinez coming. I'm going to speak to Andy Robertson, fingers crossed, that he might be the last one on the, on the series. We've already had them on. Have you had them on? Have you? Yeah. 
Use the warm-up He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Carrigan, what a man. Thanks very Super, much. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.